The ballot, which uh, legitimizes this strike, is, I think, something like two years old. Um, and the turnout, which uh, validated that ballot, was small. There are lots of people who, as members of trades unions, will respect the fact that it's a, it's a legally constituted ballot. But I absolutely think that uh, this strike is damaging. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. It follows an investigation by the Hertfordshire-based Phone Scam Task Force. Those arrested are aged between 18 and 23 and were detained early yesterday morning in North London. An investigation will take place this morning into a fire at a flat in Hatfield during the night. Fire crews were called to Brakes Road just before 1.30 this morning. There are no reports of any injuries. A woman's been stabbed to death while working at an NHS hospital in Gloucester. The attack took place at a hospital which treats people with acute mental health problems. A man in his 60s has been arrested on suspicion of murder. Luton Driving Test Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. More from Ben Nye. The figures from the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency show that Luton has the 10th worst pass rate in the country. This is the fifth year in a row Luton has been below the national average, with pass rates falling steadily over that time. The DVSA says there will inevitably be differences in pass rates from one test centre to another, and that they closely monitor pass rates at all centres to ensure they're conducted fairly and consistently. The Chief Inspector of Prisons, Nick Hardwick, says standards in prisons have dropped significantly over the past six months because of overcrowding and staff cuts. His remarks have been echoed by the prison charity, the Howard League for Penal Reform. In sport, Argentina are through to the World Cup final after beating Holland 4-2 on penalties. The sides were locked at 0-0 after extra time. Argentina will face Germany in Sunday's final. The weather cloudy with patchy rain, which could be heavy at times. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counts. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's beautiful and we're trying to get the community out and bring them together. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. Always something to do in Fishermead. One of the most diverse communities in Milton Keynes. It's all about where you live. I love Fishermead. It's my home at the end of the day and if I move, I'll be back. Love it. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Thursday the 10th of July. It was Christmas a minute ago, wasn't it? I'm sure it was Christmas quite recently. Busy show this morning. Maybe busier than your day if you're one of the striking workers. Also, learner drivers not passing in Luton. Oh, flipping it. We're doing Matt Lockwood and that blooming pond rubbish again. Thought you were dropping that. Utter, utter guff. If you want to take part in the show, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Give me a call. Give me a call if you're striking or if you're affected by the strikes today. Maybe think they're a terrible, terrible idea. Shame on them. Or maybe you're supporting them. 08459 455 555.
Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Now, big news everywhere, the big news of the day. Teachers, firefighters, other public sector workers in the three counties are going on strike today as part of a national pay dispute. Some schools have already announced full or partial closures, with councils uh, advising parents to check their websites for an up-to-date list. In the meantime, rallies and marches have been planned in Luton, Milton Keynes and Bedford. The coordinated walkout is set to be the largest industrial dispute this coalition has faced and will involve members of Unison, Unite, the NUT, the FBU and the TUC. And I'm joined now by the TUC Regional Secretary, Megan Dobney. Good morning, Megan. Morning, Ian. Why are you striking? Um, Workers are striking today mostly over pay, actually, although there are some associated issues. Um, What local government workers in particular have seen, but also civil servants and teachers as well, is a a pay cuts since 2010 of mounting to thousands of pounds. So they've, first of all, had pay freezes, then they've had pay rises limited to 1%, whilst inflation's been racing away in the 2 and 3%. So we, we reckon that um, over £2,000 a year pay has been lost. And these, of course, are some of the lowest paid workers um, that maintain society, um, society's services. But you're punishing, you're punishing children, you're punishing members of the public, you're, you're puni- you, the, the, the ordinary people are suffering, aren't they, because of the action? I think it's a, it's a very good reminder of the importance of public services, um, how valuable they are, and how much we miss them when they're not available. So yes, it is unfortunate schools will be closed today, a reminder of how important dinner ladies are, school teachers, mm. head teachers, groundsmen and so on. But, but, but parents will be having to take time off work to look after their kids, kids won't be learning, is that really fair? Oh, it's, uh, I don't think this is about fairness. This is about the need for workers to be able to afford to live. We've got public sector workers who are going to food banks. Mm. We've got many public sector workers who are drawing state benefits such as family tax credits because they're not paid enough. That can't be right and it's not really sensible. Most certainly isn't fair on those workers. Everybody's struggling though, aren't they? In, the, in times of austerity, as we are reminded, with cuts being made and, and, and everyone's kind of uh, um, having cuts in their pension and cuts in their salary. What makes you so special? Um, well, everybody isn't struggling. Um, as I was coming to Luton yesterday, I was interested to hear that the um, sales of Bentley uh, cars have gone up 20, 22% in the UK. I mean, they went up 60% in China, to be fair, but 22% in the UK. I think that rather indicates everybody isn't struggling. We know that this government has given massive tax cuts to rich individuals, massive tax cuts to major corporations. That money, in my view, would be better spent on the working people who provide services for the rest of us. What is a one-day strike going to achieve? Because I've heard some experts on the radio yesterday saying, well, one-day strike, it's it's an irritation, but but people like Michael Gove aren't necessarily going to change their opinions. No, I, th- I mean, I think it's a fair question. Um, a one-day strike draws major attention to the real issues that people are facing. So, for instance, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you um, and hopefully being listened to by lots of early risers in Luton um, if this strike wasn't happening. And all over the region, there'll be marches and rallies and people will be talking to other members of the public about it. But the government needs to listen as well. Local authorities need to listen. So it is about raising the profile, raising the information, reminding people people that there's a growing inequality in society. Um, many people know that actually, whether they work in the public or private sector. Um, but it, So it, it's a demonstration of the importance of these workers. What percentage of uh, uh, the union members voted for this strike? Um, it varies from trade union to trade union, and I think it's a highly amusing um, line of attack that the government's gone on on this. Um, I did some calculations um, 
before I came here. Because this is David Cameron who said that if, if, if Conservatives get into, part, uh, into power next year, uh, in 2015, uh, they may look at changing the threshold. That's for, right. For yes, but no, they have said that. And, um, and it's good, really, to note that Cameron was um, elected in his constituency on 43% of the uh, popular vote, um, Clegg on 39 and Johnson, the Mayor of London, on, on less than 20%. Mm. And it's, I think, worth remembering also that this government wasn't elected by anybody. And in fact, this is the government that was formed when no, when everybody said we don't want any of you. Um, so for for these people to talk about democracy, I think is a bit rich. Mm. What's happening today? You're in Luton today, is that right? Yeah. No, I'm in Luton and I'll be supporting um, local workers here. We're going to have a uh, small march from the uh, Manor Park into town mm. and then we'll have a short rally, um, some speeches from various people um, and then I dare say people will go back to their picket lines. A lot of um, workers will be gathering around the town hall in their workplaces early on. Um, the fire services um, in Luton will be coming out at mm. um, some point this morning. I forget the exact time. Um so, yes, I think we'll be there putting our point across to the public in Luton Town Centre. If I've got this right, this is the biggest strike since 2010, is that right? I, I, to, to be honest, I think since 2011, November right, okay. the 30th, but it's most certainly over a million public sector workers yeah. were balloted, and then, of course, teachers and firefighters um, are added in, so well over a million workers, yeah. What, what, it's about, um, primarily about pay, that I, I believe some people are also arguing about pensions and things mm. like that. Where is the extra money supposed to come from to cover these? things. Well, I think uh, we're back to the point I made earlier. Um, uh, individual tax for uh, rich individuals was reduced by 5% earlier this year. Corporation tax has been reduced and has cost the country over £5 billion already. Mm. Um, there is plenty of money in this country, it's just not in the right places. Um, and I th- So I think this a, a thorough shake-up of the financial system is needed and recognition that equality for the people who actually do the work, produce the goods, is going to be a more sensible way of organising ourselves. More strikes... Um, who can say? Let's see. Let's see how to, to how today goes, and um, whether there's any movement from the there government. There won't be. Will there? There won't be any movement well, after today. I mean, you say that, and of course, I can I can understand the cynicism. But um, let's face it: the school teachers made massive advances three years ago, following their strikes in terms of their pension conditions. Not what they wanted, it has to be said, but there mm. were improvements. Um, firefighters equally, even though they're still facing the ridiculous situation of us all having 60-year-olds running us up and down ladders. Um, so th- things do change, and uh, we have to hope that the government will have some common sense and, uh, and listen again. Megan, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for coming in. Megan Dobney, uh, Regional Secretary of the Thank TUC. You. 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Approaching the Black Cat roundabout on the Great North Road, starting to build up a little bit at the moment on the speed sensors. The M25 in both directions, between Junction 25 for Enfield and 27 the M11, those major roadworks continue, often causing delays through the rush. On the trains, expecting delays on London Midland and Virgin trains, there's some delays between Milton Keynes and Rugby, that's due to some overrunning engineering works. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 
Right, 6.16, it's Thursday the 10th of July, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. And in sport, Argentina are through to the World Cup final after beating Holland on penalties. Uh, listen, if you just uh, heard Megan there from uh, the TUC talking about the strikes, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. You, are you wholeheartedly supporting them? Will you be waving placards and banners? Or do you think, for goodness sakes, come on, everyone's struggling a bit. Pull your finger out. 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting to introduce an American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm trying to find a record of... Oh, hang on a second. Look, we've got Jamie and Luton on the line. Morning, Jamie. Good morning. I was trying to find a long record. And then I looked and saw your name on the screen, so I don't need to find a long record anymore. What would you like to say, Jamie? We got a text last night from uh, my daughter's school. Oh, yeah. To say to send her in. I've seen a teacher strike's going on there. Yeah. But we found out later on in the evening that there may not be enough teachers to cover the children. Oh, so what time did you get the text saying school was going to be on? Uh, 6.30. And then when did you find out that actually it might not be on? 8.30. Hmm. But we found this out from another parent who obviously works in the industry. Oh. So we're not sure on whether our our daughter's going to get taught today by anybody or whether they're just going to sit in a classroom and twiddle their thumbs. So I'm guessing, Jamie, you're not in favour of this strike, then? Um, yes and no, really. I can understand what they're trying to fight for, but, you know, do they need to fight when it's, it's affecting our children's education? That's the thing. I suppose that's the only thing... In, and, it's, and it's lots of different groups of people striking today. Yeah. Uh, it, but I, I suppose uh, when the only uh, power you have got is the, the, whether you work or not... Uh, and the the byproduct of that is that maybe some children won't go to school or will sit in a classroom. I guess that's the only these people might argue it's the only option they've got, isn't it? It's very true. Yeah, There's, you know, you can see why they have to do it the way they do it. But I don't know what the solution is to this at the minute. Really, to be honest, Jamie, what's the school? Leland's. Okay. Well, if we if we hear from it, keep listening because if we hear from any other parents who have, or or maybe even some teachers who who have got a bit more inside information about Leland's, we'll let you know. And maybe you could give us a call a bit later on and 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 let us know if if the school is open or or what's happening. I sure will. Then. Jamie, thank you very much. Uh, in the meantime, I would suggest you do go to school. Uh, I suggest you all bunk off. To be honest, that's that's my top tip. But I'm not allowed to say that. So. Um, Go and uh, let us know what happens. Andrew's in Bedford. Morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ian. You're too perky. Oh, yes. Um, well, I'm in full favour of, uh, of the strike today, and uh, I, I wish them well, but the, the sad fact is it, it's not going to have one uh, 
iota, make one iota of difference to the government. It probably isn't, is it? No. But, I mean... Then why do it? Well, I mean, they are, they are desperate. If you, if you, I've been listening to some of the, the, the people being interviewed on, on the telly. There was one uh, lady, you know, earlier on on the BBC. Uh, you know, their, their standard of living is, is dropping because they're, they're, the cost of living is rising and they're being pegged back to, to 1% or, or pay freezes. So, I mean, and I don't know... I'm a bit annoyed at you, Ian, actually. You oh. keep saying that everyone's in it because obviously not everyone's in it. I mean... When did, what did I, I said everyone's in it, did I? Yeah, you what? said it a couple of times, but I mean, that, uh, what, what? not everyone's in it. These hmm? people that are earning out, out, uh, outrageous salaries are, are not feeling that. Oh, we're oh, we're yes, okay, we're all in, uh, we're all in it together. Yeah, but not the not the millionaires that are part of the cabinet and the the opposition. The, the, the main problem with this country is you not, don't you don't think you don't feel change. that Andrew, you don't feel that the millionaires are being squeezed as, just as much as everybody else. Oh come on it now! Come you, on! You look at, I mean, Ed, Ed Miliband, he, he doesn't even know the price of a loaf of bread and things like that. I mean, they've got no they've got no concept of what money the, the, is. I the mean, petrol look, to fill up their Bentleys and Rolls Royces it must that must cost them a fortune. No, it doesn't. I mean, look at them. They're all. They're, I mean, it's, there's no difference whether they're Labour politicians or, or Conservative, which are the two main ones. It just ping pongs yes, right, now between them. They're, they're, they're all they're all millionaires. They're, they're in it as a hobby, and they, because they like the the ultimate aphrodisiac is power. I mean, you've only mm-hmm. got to look at it. I mean, that's why would you find these stunning young women having affairs with these politicians? That you know, Andrew, I feel we're going off on a slightly unnecessary sexy tangent there, but. Uh... It makes a good point. Is power an aphrodisiac? Well, I'll get me some of that stuff. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three um, Counties Radio. I was going through the computer. Oh, yeah. And I found this. I've not, I've not heard any of these. No, 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 look. Oh, no. What? You've been here forever, haven't you? Does, forever does, and does, ever. Does this mean anything to oh, you? Oh, gosh. Does this ring any bells? I used to make loads of these things. Okay. What is it? I don't quite know. This might not have any words on it. Hang on. Okay, that one hasn't got any words on it. Hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on, no. hang on. What hang are you going to do? No, 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 nothing. I just found these. And that one, some of these don't work. Look. Yeah. Uh, For good reason. Oh, no, they're all... Oh, they're all dead. Let me try this one. Oh. No, none of them were. Oh, oh, those are really old. These are Stephen Rhodes' old... Uh, oh, my goodness. No, that was... T- I thought you were going to bring up something from um, other programmes where we'd done spoofs of things. Oh, no, no. No, they've all been filed in my archive. Merry Christmas oh. from BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, it's Toby Friedman Whoa, here, and my favourite Christmas cracker joke is... Oh, no. Why can't penguins fly? I don't know. They just can't. Um, I think it's called evolution. This one's labelled community. Jill Dickinson, your company secretary. Tony Fisher (laughs) of the firm that runs this pub. Okay. Could we ask you why you're persistently, dangerously ignoring safety rules on the site? No comment. No comment. We've made a comment statement. No comment. You haven't even recognised that voice. No. (laughs) And I have worked here forever. Isn't that? Isn't that interesting? What's on the computer? I'd clear all this up if I were them. There we go. Mm. Why would you keep this? 
Dorothy Bashford, you were in Tony Fisher, he likes, to, <laughs> he likes to record his entrances and exits. Now, listen, <laughs> he does. Now, listen, if you're looking to take your practical driving test in Luton, you might want to have a think again. Luton has got the 10th lowest pass rate in the country, with just 37% of those taking the test, passing between April 2013 and March 2014. That's 10% off the national average. Well, Catherine Boyle, who does have a full driving licence, has been looking into this. Why are Luton's pass rates so low? Well, it's quite hard to pinpoint, but... Uh, we've been oh. talking to local driving instructors and they've given us some theories. Some uh, say learners are falling foul of the various roadworks going on around Luton at the moment. Yeah, right. At the moment there are diversions and disruptions around Hightown, Hitchin Road, Crawley Green Road to name but a few. I'm not buying that. Mm, I, I'm not either. I'm not buying that. There are roadworks everywhere. I know. Here's another suggestion. Many yep. learner drivers are trying to save money by keeping the amount of lessons they take with a driving instructor to a minimum or even just getting a family member to teach them. Oh. Obviously, they don't know how to teach them how to pass. That's the worst thing. Never learn to drive oh. with your family member. It will end in tears. Even practising with my dad was a nightmare. He used to air, he used to pump the brake on his side of the car. Dads, I, I did it with my mum, and it was all right. I think dads and daughters, I think, is the worst combination. Because I remember my dad, my sister coming home in tears one day, and my dad had given her such a rollicking mm-hmm. because she got upset because she saw a dog get run over. And so she got I'll upset, and he, he had a right go at her. I went out with my grandmother. She grabbed my arms. <laughs> she grabbed my arms. By the way, the family members teaching you to drive, 08459 I imagine that's a very fertile ground. Go on, sorry. And I think that that's probably the, the, the strongest argument we heard. People trying to save money by yeah. not having many lessons. Or people just trying to cut corners. Yeah. Um, aggressive drivers also have been mentioned anecdotally, but whether aggressive drivers are more prominent in Luton compared to other areas, I don't know. I don't think they are driving around Luton. I don't think it's that aggressive. Is this, is this a one-off? Is this just like a bad year that we've had? Well, this is the thing. No, it isn't, which kind of undermines the roadworks argument. Luton Test Centre's been below average for the last five years uh, when it comes to pass rates and have actually been slipping further and further away from the national average over that time. The average nationally has stayed more or less consistent at 46 to 47% of people taking test passing. And back in 2009 to 2010, Luton was faring fairly well at 43% average. That slipped to 40% over the next no. couple of years. In 2012, 2013, 39%, and now we have this latest low. So it, it, it's a gradual decline. All right, well, who's passing? Who's failing? Can, is there a specific... Is it a, a, a gender? Is it an ethnicity? What is it? Let's break right. these figures down. They're more or less below average across the board. Right. However, and I hate to say this, if I feel I'm letting the side down, but the women in Luton are even less average than the men. <laughs> wow, gosh. In more ways than one. Uh, while the men had a pass rate of 41%, women passed just 33% of the time in Luton, and that's been the case for previous years as well. Other interesting differences we noticed was in the pass rates of people of different ethnicities in Luton. Here we go. For the previous year, 2012 to 2013, only 35% those who declared their ethnicity, and this is the thing, you have to be, fill it in to be able to tell from the, uh, the figures, but if they declared the ethnicity as Asian or Asian-British, 35% of those passed their driving test. Those declaring themselves as black or black British had a similar pass rate of just over 38%. Meanwhile, 50% of those declaring themselves as white, white British passed their test. Okay, Steve, Steve, if you want to give us a call on that, 08459 455 Bridge of sights to rest my eyes in shades of green under dreaming spots to Ichiku Park. That's where I've been. What did you do there? I got high. What did you feel there? Where I cry. 
start on the speed sensors, not seeing any major problems or delays, seeing it building up a little bit on the M1 Luton Spur in both directions, between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Taking a look so far at the um, local live departure boards for the trains, there are some delays on London Midland trains and also Virgin trains out of Milton King Central. That's due to some overrunning engineering work, so do check before travelling. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. Those arrested are aged between 18 and 23 and were detained early yesterday morning in North London. And Luton Driving Test Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. And Argentina are through to the World Cup final. To take Argentina through on a margin of four goals to two, and it's into the net. Sillison got a hand under the ball, but Maxi Rodriguez converts the penalty. Who will play Germany in Rio on Sunday in the final of 2014 in Brazil? 
Alan Green with the commentary after it finished nil-nil at the end of extra time. Arsenal are close to completing the signing of Barcelona and Chile forward Alexis Sanchez for £30 million. And Stevenage won their opening pre-season friendly 3-0 at Alsey last night with first-half goals from Dean Wells, Tom Pett and Adam Marriott. Graham Wesley handed starts to eight of his summer arrivals. India's cricketers will resume on 259 for four on day two of the first test against England at Trent Bridge with opener Murali Vijay, 122 not out. Here's Jonathan Agnew. Different overhead conditions today might bring the pitch to life, in which case England will feel they've done well to have restricted India yesterday. An apology from the Trent Bridge groundsman reflects the stifling impact the pitch has had. Genuine edges failed to carry to the slips and there was no pace whatsoever. But cloud cover makes a difference here and with the ball only 10 overs old, England hope they can make batting more challenging. That said, they stuck to their task very well yesterday, as did Murali Vijay, who batted all day to score his first century outside India, although the conditions resembled Nagpur rather more than Nottingham. The Women's British Open golf starts today at Royal Birkdale. It's also been announced that the 2016 Championship will be held at Woburn. And the Tour de France continues today, but without last year's champion Chris Froome, the British rider crashed out yesterday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm on strike. No, you're not. In support of my brothers and my sisters and my comrades who are on the picket line today, I'm having a little bit of time off. You can't do that and and claim their cause because I know it's just because you're a lazy oaf. No, it's not. Well, I okay. Yes, I am lazy. I'm sure some of the people on strike today are uh, shirkers. Let's be honest. Day off? Yeah, I'll have two rights. What a Thursday off? Beautiful. Might not even go. I phone in sick on a Friday. Four day weekend. Fantastic. Um, but I'm a member of a union. Oh no, hang on. I'm not. But if I were, and it, if I. I'm 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 on strike, and you cannot you cannot argue my right to um, withdraw my labour, and I'm withdrawing my labour. It's withdrawn. I'm I'm not even talking. I'm not even. I'm telling my microphone off. I have withdrawn my labour. You, if you want to be a uh, what do they call it? A, a leech. Scab. If you want to be a scab. I'm not in your union. I'm not in a union. The union of one. Exactly. Scab on, sister. OK, well, let's have a look at the, the uh, paper, shall we? Look at this. Fair pay for fair work. Fair you, pay. You, you do all right. For fair work. <laughs> I'm doing... What work is this? This is... This is um, I'm... Your work is, at best, in quote marks. Wow. You, and you, you've, you've italicised those words in those quote marks as well. Yeah, with, with my face. Look, we've got someone phoning up now. If only there was a way I could take them straight to air. There must be at some. No, unfortunately, Kelly's uh, the only worker on this program. There must be. Can I not just? Can I not touch something? Uh, oh, uh, I've cut them off. What are you doing? What uh, are you doing? Hello. I've cut them off. Okay, well, that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Right, what you got in the papers there? My strike's over, by the 12, way, guys. So I hope you've listened and yeah, paid attention. Point made, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 12-fold surge in parking ticket appeals. Appeals against parking oh, tickets. Oh, I got a parking ticket yesterday. I was so. Oh, I had, a, I had a parking ticket face. I had PTF. <laughs> I did. Show me it. You get, so you, so you're, you get in the car. Hang on, I've got a, yeah, so you, you don't notice you get in the car. Is it a bit like my Prince face when I get in my car and you've put a poster facing inwards? That's not me Prince. doing that. That's not me doing that. That's the similar thing that I do when you put Prince on my car. 
Oh, right. And the thing is, it's one He's of those mouthing an expletive. It's one of those things where you um, you phone up and you book your your, your pays yeah. in Westminster. It was in London. Oh, there, they London. they are prone to it, aren't they? And I thought, well, I'm covered because I've paid. I knew I paid. I had a little text. I thought, in your face, the man. Yeah, the man. I'm gonna not pay this. One hundred and thirty pounds, sixty-five <gasps> pounds. If I that's pay. not even oh, sixty-five. You pay straight away. I'm going to have you. I got the ticket out. I read it. Oh, you have contravened this such and such parking rule. You have um, not bought a ticket, or you've parked in a residence bay. Oh right. Well, I park here all the time. I know I can park here, and I know I've bought the ticket. So I got my text out. Oh, here it is. I've got the thing. Thought I'm just going to go. Oh nuts! I've parked in a residence bay. You nuts. plum. That's cost me sixty-five quid plus the five pounds I paid for parking. And you've inconvenienced a resident, which I'm sure wasn't. That was not the uh, intention. Anyway, exactly. go on. So yeah, twelve-fold surge in parking ticket appeals, and these are on private land. They. Have have um, soared in just two years to more than 600 a week. An official watchdog, the Parking on Private Land Appeals Service, or oh. Poplar, grow up, has revealed. Grow up, guys. <laughs> grow up, guys. Come on. So, yeah, people. I think people are less prone to just taking it than they were in the past. I... And I think that's borne out by the figures. Well, the, the stats certainly would back you up, but let's be honest, we can get stats to say anything we want. 89% of them are made up on the spot. Just now. <laughs> Exclusive Jihad Girls Took My Home Kicked Out to House Terror Twins Fury of Hero Girl Soldier So this is these two 16-year-old girls who've gone off to fight Jihad okay, How did they take someone's home? A hero woman soldier was booted out of her council house to make room for the suspected t- Terror Twin Brick Girls and their brother Bosnia veteran Dawn Benjamin was living next door but was ousted so their family's property could be extended I'm sure if we were to study that, there'll be more to it. There would be more to it than that. Okay, and then it talks about that. For those who don't know, these two Muslim girls, they're 16, they're really bright. They've got something like, how many, 28 GCSEs between them, right? Twins. Um, It's quite good. It's quite good. And they've gone off, we think, to join ISIS. We don't know. They are the brother... But they are the sisters, sorry. The brother of the girl twins who fled in in secret to Syria is a Quran-reading champion... Who turned suspected wow, jihadist? There, there are competitions at this. Yeah, yeah. The, the university student won a category to recite half of the Quran. Wow. Now, the thing is, we don't know exactly what they've done. We don't know exactly where they've gone. I would suggest these two girls, sixteen, Zara, teenager, smiles for camera while in traditional headscarf, and Salma, she flashes toothy grin. That's what it says so there. So it's two women smiling in a family yeah. photograph. Yeah. They're really, really bright, right? What have they done wrong? I don't... What have they done wrong? What have, I don't know what they've done wrong. Two really bright girls... Are, are we questioning their political affiliation or are we questioning the fact that they were put up in council accommodation, which, by its very uh, nature, is usually passed on from someone else? I'm questioning their political affiliation because this is all suspected. Right. We don't know exactly where they've gone. We don't know exactly what they're doing. But if these two really bright girls have listened to the evidence and weighed up the evidence in their obviously very, very smart minds, and they've thought, do you know what, actually, that what is going on, wherever it is they've gone to, is a just cause, I'm going to go and have a bit of that. Academically bright doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be misguided. Correct. And Correct. often the most um, academically brilliant people can be quite yep. idealistic yep. and maybe life will teach them otherwise. But yes, we don't know what they've actually done at this point. Yeah, but also, I don't, even if they've gone off to fight in Syria... I don't know what the problem is with that. We, didn't we want to bomb Syria about six months ago? Didn't we want to go and fight 
Uh, is it Assad? It's Assad, isn't it? Did, did, wasn't our Prime Minister in Parliament saying, hey guys, let's go and take out Assad? I think the problem with ISIS in particular, if yep. they are indeed fighting with ISIS, is they want to take, they want to bring the jihad across the non-Muslim world and there is no negotiation with them. You either But we don't know that these you, girls want that. No, but if they, they're talking about, they're being used as poster children for ISIS, yeah. aren't they? Talking about the brother... Um, someone said, a friend said Ahmed's appearance altered dramatically before he left. She added, I knew something wasn't right. He looked intimidating and vengeful. How do, can you, how do you look vengeful? He became more devout. He grew his beard and wouldn't speak to anybody. I, I just, I, yeah, if they want to come back here and blow us up, that's really bad. And obviously I, I completely disapprove of that. That gets a thumbs down. But if they've just gone, if they've just gone to fight what they believe is to be a just war... I don't see what's wrong with that. We did that in the 30s with the, the, the Spanish Civil, Civil War. War. Mm-hmm. The French resistance were doing that in occupied France in the Second World War. You know, and people were going to join them and we were helping them because we thought that what, they were doing, that what the French resistance were doing, they weren't soldiers, they were blokes. No, I think the problem people have in the rest of the world is that there's an empire-building quality to ISIS. Yeah. That's if they've joined ISIS. Mm. I don't know. Oh eight four five nine. Anyway, that story is about them nicking someone's council house. Yeah, exactly. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There is a story here in the uh, page thirteen of the Daily Mail. Sacked for having a butterfly tattoo on her foot. It's oh, a local story. We oh, haven't yeah. been able to speak to the people involved. This is just what the mail say. Local and vocal. A business executive was sacked for having a visible tattoo on her foot. It's a big one. Joe Perkins, thirty-eight, had long had the butterfly design on the side of her left foot when she started working for the multi-million-pound firm Salisbury FM earlier this year. But months after she took up the position, bosses brought in a no tattoos on show rule. Oh. So it's on her foot? Yeah. She could wear a sock? Yes, but if you're wearing or high heels, it's, it's a little... Um, wear, unless wear unless a, you're very high fash, you look a wally. Wear a knee-length um, black boot with a fine stiletto point. I've got an alternative. Yeah? Concealer. Yeah? You know, if you've got a tattoo and you have to cover it up every day, go and get some really good stage makeup. It stays all day. Yeah. But uh, no, she decided that she um, was just going to um, have it out. And uh, apparently, according to her, that's why they've kicked her out. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm on their side. I'm on their side on that. If that's the rule, if, if the rule is no tattoos on display and that tattoo is on display, I mean, it looks, it looks quite trashy, doesn't it? Just, what is that? What is it a picture of? It's a butterfly on, on a swirl. Oh, dear. I mean, that, I mean fair She play. said she was not dealing with the public and was praised for her outstanding work during her five months with the firm. After hearing about the anti-tattoo policy, Miss Perkins says she sought advice from HR but never received a response. Miss Perkins says, The only way to cover it would be to wear a sock. I'm a businesswoman and I wear smart dresses to work and that would look stupid. Um, though they were right to get rid of her. Obviously. Obviously. Weren't they? Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, five, 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 now. I think on your foot's different from on your face. Yeah, but it's still, if there no tattoos on display and that's on display, it, it looks awful. Very trashy. Says you, some people like it. Some people yeah, think it's body art. They do, trashy people. Hey, Kanye West is um, my new hero. Oh, why? He was on the Eurostar the other day and he kicked off because um, he, he needed a poo. Wow. Yeah. I mean, even superstars have even to go. Even superstars. He wasn't happy. I'm sure, it's gold. <laughs> on the um, on the uh, on the Eurostar, you don't get fancy toilet paper. You kind of get the tracing paper. Oh stuff. yes, I've heard about this. Like he, that Eisel stuff used to get in the ni- in the yeah, 1970s yeah. at school. Off. Just smears was, it around. He was really unhappy that they only had scratchy toilet paper, and so he had a bit of uh, a on. stop. 
His wife's his wife's a mum. Yeah. Surely she's got wipes in her bag at all times. Can't use wet wipes on a grown up's backside. Oh, you can. Oh, it's no. But you shouldn't flush them. Well, you can, anyway. But they can afford the flushable ones, surely. Maybe she had a packet of Kleenex in her uh, bag. The Sun has got some great quotes from Kanye West. How does how does Kanye talk, Kelly? He's he's American, so he speaks with American accent. Oh, here we go. Go on, do 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 one. You do it. I hate when I'm on a flight. No, he's more street. Hey, man, I hate it when I'm on a flight. No, not Italian street. (laughs) I'm going to pop a cap in your... I'm going to pop a cap. No, he doesn't. I hate it when I'm on a flight and I wake up with a water bottle next to me like, oh, great, now i got to be responsible for this water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have another Kanye West. He's more high-pitched. I don't even listen to rap. Less high-pitched. My apartment is too nice to listen to rap in. Fur pillows are hard to actually sleep on. <laughs> There's another What's really a good fur pillow. <laughs> <laughs> There's two more. There's two really good ones here. Sometimes people write novels and they just be so wordy. <laughs> Sometimes people write novels and they just be so wordy and so self-absorbed. I'm not a fan of books. I would never want a book's autograph. I'm a proud non-reader of books. And you can tell. Yeah. And finally, this is Kanye West. Speaking in the third person. About himself? Well, yeah. Just checking. Kanye West is going to mean something similar to what Steve Jobs means. I am undoubtedly Steve of internet, downtown, fashion, culture, period. He means full stop there. By a long jump. It's like when Biggie passed and Jay-Z was allowed to become Jay-Z. I'm undoubtedly Steve of internet. Undoubtedly, apparently. Yeah, yeah undoubtedly. Wide, wise words, Kanye. Wise words. I'm not a fan of books. I would never want a book's autograph. <laughs> what a plum. 08459 <laughs> Oh, no, that's Elkie Brooks. We want this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Building up a bit now on the Great North Road at just approaching the Black Cat roundabouts where there's some roadworks taking place at the moment. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving between Junction 21, the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. It is looking very heavy at the moment in Brickedwood on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25, and slow moving on the Barnet Bypass heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Normal service has now just resumed on London Midland. That was some problems coming out of Milton Keynes Central. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46 it is uh, Thursday the 10th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. And in sport, Argentina are through... Ah, who cares? Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello. Hello, Hopefully Wendy. you care about the weather. Hi, yeah, go on. Get, get, I care about the weather a lot. Let's have it. 
Yeah, all right. Sorry, I thought you were going to give me a little introduction. Hi, it's Wendy here. Here's the weather with Wendy. Yay! Good morning. Right, we've got um, to the east of us, lots of cloud. To the west of us, lots of sunshine. We're kind of in the middle. Milton Keynes still just about in the sunshine at the moment, as is Buckingham. But if you go a little bit further west, um, you are going to run into the cloud. I think Bedford's got it at the moment, for example. There's also what we're contending with, a narrow band of rain, which is very bitty, but it's going to bring some showery outbreaks that will be on the heavy side and the Met Office has us covered by a yellow weather warning for that because where you're going to encounter this narrow band of rain, it could give some localised flooding because it looks like it will pack quite a punch and it is slowly drifting westwards at the moment. So it's likely that you might see it in the next couple of hours if you haven't done so already. Um, It really is going to languish over our part of the world. Um, It's very slow moving. It's not really moving very fast. So it's going to be bringing some places quite a lot of rain. It's a difficult one to forecast though. Underneath it, temperatures will struggle 16 or 17 degrees celsius but where it's a little bit drier and brighter today i think we'll be approaching 20 degrees through the evening looks like this rain band will have a sort of reinvigoration and there will be further pulses of heavy stuff running up along it and we're not out of the woods with that particularly further east this time as we go through the night though it will tend to fizzle out but under the cloud it's going to be an uncomfortable night for sleeping at 14 degrees tomorrow should be dry it's quite a claggy muggy cloudy kind of a day though with temperatures up to about 21 or 20 The sunshine will return through Saturday and Sunday, but it's going to be so warm and humid, it's likely to set off some quite heavy, thundery downpours. Not for everyone, but they will be worth dodging throughout the weekend. That's how it's looking so far. Glasgow, 2014. Scores to be settled. Every time I get up, that's the first thought in my mind. Bragging rights to be won. You're not ready for what we've got. You ain't trained hard enough. And they call this the friendly games. I'm going to walk through everyone. I'm ready. I'm ready. See you in Glasgow. The Commonwealth Games, coming soon across the BBC. I might go on strike again after that. What, because of sport? I flip it, eh? When, when does when does sport end? Because we've had it feels like since the Olympics, it's just been persistent sport. Hey, get, guess what, um, Britain? Guess what, BBC? We don't all love sport. Some of us, some of us aren't interested in it. Deal with what how's about instead? them apples? What, what should they have instead? Um, when was the last time we had a great big movie festival? When they did a series of films or something. What about for people who like like reading books and watching films? Well, like Kanye, Kanye West would not be uh, supporting that. No, I know. George Harrison's childhood home is going up for sale. Do you want the it? Childhood home's never very good, though, is it? Oh, oh, money can't buy you love. But starts, it can buy you. It, the childhood home of Beatles legend George Harrison. Right. The three. I mean, it looks fair play. It looks awful, doesn't it? Well, it looks like a lot of houses. But you'd know that you were in a room that he'd once the been in. Th- the three-bedroom terrace where George, Paul and John held their first band rehearsals is up for sale. You interested now? No. Still oh. in Liverpool, isn't it? Be a bit of a commute. The Beatles guitarist was six when his parents, Harold and Louise, moved to the modest house in 1950. And he lived there until 1962 when they had their first hit with whatever that first song was. Love me then do. he got out of there. That should tell you something. The former council house was bought from Liverpool City Council by Matthew and uh, Edna Commode in 1983. Hang on. What's their surname? Commode. Not Kermode. Kermode. Af- after Mr Kermode's death... It was, lice, it was passed the door to Linda, who is selling. No date has been given yet for the auction. The property was recently valued at... We could, we could do this. £75,000. 
15 grand above the average price for Upton Green uh, uh, average price for Upton Green speak spake speak spake I don't know hey our kid no hang on what's Liverpool accent hey. alright la alright la you want to buy a really expensive tennis it's in speak <laughs> I heard a little mouse <laughs> it was it was the end of a laugh a silent laugh okay <laughs> Well, I'm I'm certainly up for it. Yeah. Dennis is on the line. Morning, Dennis. Good morning to you. What you got? Do you want to buy a house with me? No, thank you. I'm trying to sell mine. Oh, oh why? Well, no, I have sold it actually. I've sold it to my son. So, oh, 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 hang on a minute, Dennis. Tax dodge. Yeah, is that a tax dodge or is no, that? No, it's not a tax. Because you, if, if no, you end up no, in a care no. home, hang and you're, on a minute. Hang on a minute, Dennis. I just need to clarify the law here. If you end up in a care home and you're hoping that this uh, will avoid you having to pay the care fees, think again. I wouldn't care. Oh, okay. Right, fine. So you're not doing a Gary Barlow? No. A Katie Melua? No. George Michael? No. A Starbucks? No. Arctic no, monkeys? A, it, are, you an, are you an Arctic monkey? No, I'm not. You cheeky little Arctic monkey. Right, strike. How much did you sell it for? What it was worth. Oh, Dennis. Dennis. Was, listen to me, young man. Yes, old man. Right. I'd paid for this house and it was complete. But, as my son said, we were bricks and mortar rich, but no money. Yeah. To have holidays and then do alterations. So what they did, they organised it so it was remortgaged so that my wife and I could go on reasonable holidays at reasonable times and also have money to do something inside the house. Do you know what? I just switched off for the th- last 30 seconds. I didn't. I found it very interesting. Where oh. have you been, Dennis? Oh, blimey. With your millions? Cruising, cruising. Oh, you got free. do you like cruising? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Dennis, you've called in about strikes. Yes. Um, in my vast age, I've only been on strike twice. Once when I was 15 when it, the apprentices were trying to get more money out of the company. You can't strike when you're 15. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Well, if you're working, you can. Well, you can't. Why? Good point. I can't argue with that. Go on. No, and that wound up worse off because they took some money off the younger apprentices and give it to the older ones. Oh, I see. So I suffered. I also suffered a clip round here from my grandfather who sent me back to work the following morning. Good for him. And then, then, then just before I retired... There was some some business stuff over at British Aerospace, which was nothing. But at that stage, I was in a union. And so the union called us to go on strike. Immediately, the company said, yes, we agree what you're asking for. Oh. So we're all going to go back in. And some Harridan, some Lady Harridan, yes. stood up and started shrieking about other things. And I thought, that's it. I, I came back in and I resigned the union, I thought. Oh, blimey. The only people Don't, that the please. unions hurt are their own people. So do you support the strike today no, or I not? I do not, because who's going to suffer? The likes of you and I, who's going to empty the door? I'm not... Dennis, I'm not going to suffer, really, if a, if a million people go no, on strike today. At, at worst for me today, I, there might be a little inconvenience. That's right. I'm saying to the only people they will hurt are their only people, ordinary, ordinary people. Dennis, listen, we're running out of time, but very quickly, we're also talking about driving lessons. Did you ever teach your kids to drive? No. Oh. Why not? Because it took me five lessons to get five strikes to get me to my phone going in the first place. There we go, Dennis. Thank you very much. 08459 four double five five double five. Did you ever teach your family to drive? It's the worst, the worst thing you can do, isn't it?
before M25 heading anti-clockwise and rather slow moving on the speed sensors at the moment between Junction 21 the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. In Brickywood rather heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road just off the M25 and the Barnet Bypass looking slow on camera heading southbound between Stirling Way and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, right, what is he doing here? What is he doing here? Uh, he's still at a pond. What? Lock- Lockwood, what are you doing here? Yeah. I'm here to make tea and coffee. No, you're not. He- the-, the tea and coffee is a ruse. You're, you're making a ruse. It's t- you're-, you're making a cup of subterfuge, aren't <laughs> you? A- no. Tell me what you're here for. No. Tell me what you are here for. I'm here to talk about Watford's pond. We found out this mooch, this mooch, this week, how much it cost. The pond? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, one million public sector workers expected to strike today, seven arrested over phone scams and drivers struggling to pass their tests in Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Megan Dobney is regional secretary for the TUC and will be taking part in a march in Luton. A one-day strike draws major attention to the real issues that people are facing. So, for instance, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you um, and hopefully being listened to by lots of early risers in Luton um, if this strike wasn't happening. And all over the region there'll be marches and rallies and people will be talking to other members of the public about it. But the government needs to listen as well. Local authorities need to listen. School closures in this region include 16 in Bedford, 8 in Luton and 6 in Milton Keynes. But Education Secretary... Michael Gove has condemned the action. The ballot which uh, legitimises this strike is I think something like two years old Um, and the turnout which uh, validated that ballot was small. There are lots of people who as members of trades unions will respect the fact that it's a a legally constituted ballot but I absolutely think that uh, this strike is damaging. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. It follows an investigation by the Hertfordshire-based Phone Scam Task Force. Those arrested are aged between 18 and 23 and were detained early yesterday morning in North London. The incoming president of the Royal College of Surgeons has said the waiting time target for routine operations should be reviewed. Claire Marks told the BBC that 18 weeks was too long for people with urgent conditions to wait, while others, such as those with bunions, could be asked to wait longer. An investigation will take place this morning into a fire at a flat in Hatfield during the night. Fire crews were called to Brakes Road just before 1.30 this morning. There are no reports of any injuries. Luton Driving Test Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. More from Ben Nye. The figures from the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency show that Luton has the 10th worst pass rate in the country. This is the fifth year in a row Luton has been below the national average, with pass rates falling steadily over that time. The DVSA says there will inevitably be differences in pass rates from one test centre to another and that they closely monitor pass rates at all centres to ensure they're conducted fairly and consistently. In sport, Argentina are through to the World Cup final after beating Holland 4-2 on penalties. The sides were locked at 0-0 after extra time. Argentina will face Germany in Sunday's final. The weather cloudy with patchy rain, which could be heavy at times. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk UK slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Vibrant, diverse and very, very close to all the local amenities and shopping centre. It's all about where you live. It's just so open and nice and green and beautiful. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. We are up and coming and hopefully getting more and more friendly. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy day, busy day. Well, unless you're on strike, that is. And then, 
What do you do when you're on strike? Yeah, you go and, you know, you wave a few banners. Not everybody who's striking is out with um, a, 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 a placard, are they? I'd like to get your thoughts on the strike. Are you for or again? Luton does terribly when it comes to learner drivers. Your driving lesson story, please. The worst thing you can do is to teach, is to go out and learn to drive with a family member. Awful. And Matt Lockwood is sobering up now so that he can talk about flipping Watford Blooming Pond. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Matt Lockwood uh, went out for a few beers last night with uh, Ben Nye, has made us all the worst cup of coffee in the world. Now, it may be that you've had to take the day off today as the result of someone else's principles. A number of uh, local schools have been forced to close today as the result of coordinated industrial action by teachers, firefighters and by other public sector workers. Love to get your thoughts on this. Are you uh, supporting the strike or do you think it's an an absolutely awful liberty that these people are uh, taking impacting on your life? 08459. Four double five, five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call on that. Well, as we've been hearing, members of the uh, unions, Unison, Unite, the TUC, the NUT uh, and the FBU are taking part in rallies and marches across, uh, well, not just the three counties this morning, but across the whole country. Uh, in a little bit, we'll be speaking to Justin Dealey, who's at a demonstration, which is already underway in Luton. I'm just waiting to see if we, uh, we, we've got a guest lined up. Is that guest going to be able to come on? Because I know that time with them is limited. No, they're not. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see if they can join us in a second. Justin, I may drop you at a moment's notice. Mm, no problem. Don't be offended. We're, uh, we're just um, waiting for uh, the Parliamentary Under Secretary of State for Education and Childcare, Elizabeth Trust. But where are you this morning, Just? Yeah, any point you nip in, I'm uh, in Luton. I'm at the uh, Luton Borough Council Central Depot on Portland Court. So I'm uh, live here with Mick Smith. Mick, he is uh, a refuse driver for Luton Borough Council. You're on strike today. Many people here already. Tell our listeners why you're so passionate. Why are you on strike today? We're on strike today because we're looking for a pay rise that has been promised to us. Uh, We've had four years of no pay rises, uh, and we've just slipped too far down the scale. Justin, I'm really sorry to interrupt. We're going to have to. I will come back to you in about no two problem. minutes' time. We just have limited time with our next guest, Justin. We'll, we'll get your uh, your the gentleman's full answer. We we can be joined now by Parliamentary Under Secretary of State for Education and Childcare, Elizabeth Truss. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, uh, Elizabeth. I, I would assume that you are against this uh, this strike. That's absolutely right. I think it's a huge inconvenience to parents. I think it's potentially damaging to children's education. And I think there's a very low mandate uh, for this strike. The NUT only had a poll two years ago on this strike, and they've used it to justify a series of industrial actions over that time. What, What percentage of the population voted for David Cameron? Well, I don't have that figure on hand. No, but, but, but that, that's a, a, a very small number as well, isn't it? So t- saying that they don't have a mandate for strike action when uh, most members of Parliament have a, a, even less of a turnout voting for them, it seems a little unfair, doesn't it? But what we're talking about is we're talking about the vast majority of members of the union not voting for strike action. Those are hard-working teachers 
who want to go into school, they want to do a good job. Well, they can go into school and do a good job if they want. The union, as I've said, the union held the ballot over two years ago and are using that to justify uh, a series of action. And I think that uh, what, what we're saying is that we want to look at rolling strikes and we think there should be a minimum threshold because this is hugely disruptive. But again, you'd have to apply that, wouldn't you, to, to Boris Johnson and to yourself and to David Cameron and to Nick Clegg. And, and, and if you did follow that through, then, then they I wouldn't be in power. I don't think that's an analogous situation. The, Why not? The public vote for politicians, they're not voting for them to go on strike. No, they're voting this for people to rule the country. Decision. This is a decision of people who are working in the teaching profession. And the fact is, the vast majority have not voted for a strike. It's on a very low turnout. And we think that they should have a, a minimum level of, uh, of voting for a strike to be able to cause the level of disruption we're talking about. And this means many parents are going to have to miss work. It means that children are going to miss valuable parts of the, the well, education. Well, they're, they're the kids, kids are going to miss a day, Elizabeth. Kids are going to miss a day. They'll, they'll be the fine. Unions. When was the last time that uh, Michael Gove sat down with the, the teaching unions? The 25th of June. OK. And what, was, what uh, compromises did he offer? Well, Michael Gove has had ser- a series of talks about the various subjects the teaching unions have raised. We've made a lot what of What compromises has, has he offered? The Department of a- well, the point is that the teaching unions are saying there are issues about bureaucracy and red tape. Actually, this government have reduced the level of bureaucracy and red tape. It's teachers. not just about bureaucracy Some and red tape, is it? Some of the unions are objecting to performance-related pay. Yep. What we know is that teachers themselves support performance-related pay. So what we have here is union leaders who are saying one thing well, and their members actually believe well, another. Well, Elizabeth, that, that isn't quite true. That isn't quite true, is it? No, not a significant number of teachers don't agree with performance-related pay. They think it's unfair and will punish them. Well, there's a survey of teachers recently that showed over half of them do support performance-related Who commissioned that survey? That was the Sutton Trust. OK. Um, so they're not just unhappy with... There was also with... an international survey called TALIS, which came up with similar results. OK. And All the surveys show that good te- that teachers want good teachers to be able to be paid more, which makes But they're sense. unhappy... They're, un- the they're not just unhappy about working... Well. Con- they're not just unhappy about working conditions. They're unhappy about pay being cut. They're unhappy about pensions being cut. They're unhappy about extra workloads. It, it does seem that um, with a cabinet that's, do- that's doing very well for itself, lots of millionaires, lots of people who are very wealthy, that, that they are punishing those people who work very, very hard and don't necessarily have as, uh, as much money to back them up. It's seems a little one-sided. We're all in this together when they would argue we're not. Well, what we have in the teaching profession is we have um, very high-quality teachers entering the profession, a record number of graduates from top universities. It's becoming an increasingly popular profession. We've given the profession the tools uh, to reduce the workload. Uh, Why are they saying they've got got a, a bigger workload and less money? Well, I'm saying that this is what the union leaders are saying. Well, no, and I've spoken to actually look at. No, I've spoken to actual teachers, and they all say their workload is 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 bigger than it ever has been, and they are getting uh, realistically less money. Well, there are a number of things we've done to cut the level of workload. For example, there is a uh, APP monitoring system that teachers had to fill in under previous government. We've removed. I don't know what that means. Given teachers much more. I don't know what an APP monitoring system is. It's, it's, it's a complicated, box-ticking, bureaucratic system, which we've removed, which used, which used to mean teachers would spend hours of time filling this in. And we've, we've removed the requirement for them to do that. 
the, the fact is that our teachers do work long hours, but those long hours are not working in the classroom. They spend the same amount of time working in the classroom as teachers from other countries. The time is being spent on things like planning, and what we know is that teachers in this country are less likely to use textbooks and they're less likely to share resources. So one of the ways that we could reduce the ah, it's their is fault. to have more use of shared resources. It's their fault for not sharing resources. Elizabeth, thank you very much. Parliamentary Undersecretary of State for Education and Child Care, Elizabeth Trust. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. 08459 455 555. Justin, I'm sorry mm. to have cut you short, sir. <laughs> Interesting just, We had very limited time there with Elizabeth, so I had to squeeze her in. No problem. Uh, c- c- carry on. Just remind us where you are and who you've got with you. Yes, I'm at the uh, Lucenborough Council Central Depot in Portland Court. Uh, Mick Smith is on strike today. Mick, you're uh, a refuse driver for Lucenborough Council. Uh, explain to our listeners why you're on strike today, sir. Uh, we're on strike today as we're asking for a pay rise, which we feel is is long overdue. Uh, it's been a total of four years now since we've had a pay rise and uh, believe that we've just slipped too far down the scale. It, it, something needs to be addressed, basically. Very personal question. How much money do you earn every single year? £20,000 and £600. OK, £20,000 a year. You haven't been... Uh, we haven't had a pay rise for four years. That sounds very familiar to me with a number of people that, that I've been talking to. What makes you so special? What makes you so different? It doesn't make... It, it, there's nothing that makes me so special or different. It's just that what's fair and what's right. Uh, and as I say, we, we've been promised a pay rise. We've been offered... Uh, a derisory uh, amount of 1%, uh, which, as everybody knows, you only have to look at the figures that the government give out to you. It it, it doesn't work. It, it's it's not fair. That's so the streets of Lucent today will be filthy. Will you go on strike again? Yes, if we, if it if it needs, then yes, we will, because uh, everybody feels that strongly about it. Do you think the public will support you? A number of people bibbing their horns this morning, but but on the whole, do you think the people will support you? Yes, I think they I think they will, and I think they they see they see our point. I, I hope they do anyway. Mick, if you're so unhappy in your job, why don't you go and get another job? I'm not unhappy in my job. Well, you sound it. You're on strike. Yeah, I'm. I'm only unhappy as as what I feel has been owed to us and what is fair. Mm. So if it's not fair, and you, you're saying you want more money, why don't you go and look for another job? Have you done that? Some people would love to be in your position. They'd love to have a job that pays £20,000 a year. Yes, I I understand that. Uh, And no, I wouldn't look for another job. I enjoy what I do. Uh, I enjoy working for the council. Uh, But enjoyment doesn't pay all my bills. Uh, I understand what people would say about going and looking for another job. There there isn't that many jobs that I feel that my skill set would fit anyway. so, so I'm, I'm no, I don't. I don't feel that I need. I need to to start looking for another job. Okay. Lastly, tell us exactly what you want. You're talking about a pay rise. How much more do you want so you won't go on strike again? We want a living wage. Is what we want. What does that mean? That's. I, I would hope about five percent we would get, which which I don't believe is is asking for too much. You don't think that's greedy? No, I don't. Where's the money going to come from? The money, the money is is there. It's just being frittered away through other things like uh, a, a, a bus link that that isn't being used. That has cost thousands. Uh, in your opinion? In my opinion, uh, that has cost thousands more than we need. We've had loads of redundancies that we have accepted and we've 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 gone with. Uh, but there comes a time when it you have to say no. This this is the bottom line. There's there's only. 
there's only so many people that that basically you know you've you can't clear up the rubbish with less and less people that's what they're doing they're they're, they're basically giving us a job which takes 50 men to do they're asking 30 men to do it that's what's that's what's happening and it will just get worse i appreciate your time thank you very much thank you that's uh, mick smith joining us live there a refuse driver for Lucenborough council explain the reasons why he's on strike today and of course uh, what he wants moving forward ian dustin uh, thank you for that again apologies for kind of nipping in halfway through there and stealing some of your thunder oh eight four five nine four double five five double five big strike a million people on strike today well are you for or against very simple question Give us a call. It's 7.16, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Building up now on the M1 Luton Spur in both directions between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. Those major roadworks causing delays there. On the sensors, the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather slow moving between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also slow on the M25 between 18 at Chorleywood and 16, the M40. In Watford Exchange, roads looking rather slow around Beach and Grove, and also the Barnet Bypass, that's looking slow on camera between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 7.17, it's Thursday the 10th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. A Luton driving test centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start we don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Strike, 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 strike. Mark's in Luton. Morning, Mark. Morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. You're on strike today. Uh, I'm not on strike, mate. I, I, I used to work for Luton. Uh, I left Luton a while ago. I work in Bedfordshire. Um, but I've got friends of mine that um, are still working uh, for Luton at the moment. Working for in uh, what capacity for Luton? Uh, um, I can't... I, I don't want to say because I don't want to get them into any bother. Teachers. But basically... Firemen. They, they, <laughs> Binmen. They work... They, they work in a particular department, and basically, okay. uh, they rang me the other day, and they said life's getting extremely difficult for them because the council's making them pay a thousand pounds to park at work uh, for the year, and it's really, really making a life. So, in addition to, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the problems that they got already, uh, they're being hit with with uh, parking 
uh, charges, which is making it so difficult, though, you know. Hang on, so Luke, people who work for Luton Council have got to pay £1,000 a year to park? That in a nutshell, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I know Luton Borough Council are big friends of the show and would no doubt be happy to come and do... Gareth, we should look into this. Council workers being paid have to pay £1,000. No. I know it's not no, unusual sometimes for people to be asked to give a portion of their salary to pay for, count- for uh, parking. It's going to happen when we move to the new place. But £1,000 right, seems like a lot. We'll, um, right, we're very, very stressed out about it, Mike. We'll check it out. We, we, we will check it out, Mark. As we, you know, we, I have to slightly stroke my beard and say chinny recon because, uh, you know, I, I don't know you from Adam. But we'll have a little look. But also... it. It's kind of tough for lots of people, Mark. Why should they go on strike and withdraw their labour? Well, I guess that's down to them and their, you know, their particular department. And I don't know all the ins and outs of um, what's going on. It's been a while since I've, I've been there, you know what I mean? But all I know is that uh, they were very, very concerned by the amount of parking uh, that they were going to have to pay and how it was going to affect them. And obviously £1,000 is a lot in a year on top of your wages. You Mark, know? We will put, we'll, we'll put some calls in today. I know Luton Borough Council are big fans of the show, so um, hopefully we'll be able to get some answers. Well, I'm sure there is somebody listening now. We could just tweet them. They reply to my tweets, just not the phone calls from BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555. Now, roadworks, aggressive drivers and amateur driving instructors are being blamed for low pass rates for learner drivers in Luton. Our reporters have been asking professional driving instructors why they think the town's test centre has the 10th lowest pass rate in the country. Just 37% of those taking the test got their licence between April 2013 and March 2014. That's 10% off the national average. Well, Les Stonnell is a driving instructor and is from the Luton and District Driving Schools Association. Les, why is Luton doing so badly? Morning, Ian. Morning. Um... Well, basically, Luton is one of the busiest test centres in the country. Um, when you say it's measured in percentages, 37%, but if you say one person passes and only one person does a test, that's 100% pass rate. Luton are doing something like about 56 tests every day. Yeah. That's six days a week, so there's a hell of a lot of people going through. One of the biggest reasons why people fail yeah. is because they don't do enough practice. They go down prepared. Um, partly that's because of economic reasons. They can't afford the driving lessons. Um, so they try and get through on a tight budget. Um, so really, they're going down unprepared. Also, the nerves play a great part in when they go down there, particularly if they haven't had the practice, like I said. Yeah, but everyone's nervous when, they, when you do your driving. I was terrified. I nearly swore that. I was terrified when I did my driving test. Oh, yeah, most people are. And really, there's only about... Um, probably about 40, between 30 and 40% actually pass on the first attempt. They normally fail because their nerves get the better of them, their legs start shaking, then they end up stalling the car. But that doesn't explain why we have one of the lowest um, uh, averages of people passing their driving test, because they're nervous, because people are nervous everywhere. Is it, well, it's maybe, not, is, is it a good, maybe it's a good thing, Les, maybe we've got the toughest um, dry, examiners here. Well, no, actually, we've got some of the best examiners in Luton. Um, they tend to go out of their way to make people more relaxed and try and get over their nerves. Um, but there's various things in Luton. You, you mentioned the roadworks, for instance. They're having to deal with all the cones and the, the new bypasses what are going through. They've got to deal with that. They've been going down there um, before the roadworks. We've, we've done badly before the roadworks were introduced. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then again, there's so many tests every day. There's anything up to 56 tests per day. Yeah which are going out. Now, you know, 
if you get um, only half of them pass, that's only a 50% pass Well, rate. you don't get half of them pass. You get 36% of them. But you get a third of them pass. OK, well, you get a third of them pass. Yeah. But then again, if you go to another test centre where only does a half of the amount of tests what Luton does, and, you know, it's going to be a higher pass rate, isn't it? Well, I don't, well, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't think we can kind of break down uh, how percentages work and, uh, and argue that, that those is it. Is it an ethnic thing, Les? Is that what we're skirting around? That the, there are large no, ethnic no, communities. No, no. no it's, it's nothing to do with that. If, if you talk properly and you drive, then you're going to pass. If you don't do it right, you're going to fail. Simple as that. Um, Ethnics or personalities don't come into it. Well, it, maybe it does. Listen, because there could be language barriers, there could be cultural barriers. Twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, only thirty five percent of those who declared their ethnicity as Asian or Asian British passed their driving test. Black or Black British, thirty eight percent. White, fifty percent. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I will agree with that to a certain degree. There is a language barrier sometimes. Um, you do get quite a few people go down there who cannot speak the language or speak English. Yeah. Uh, but then again, directions, and quite often they have an interpreter with them as well. Um, but then again, if we go back to what I said at the start, if they go prepared properly for it and they do the practice for it, then they will pass. The other one is um, quite often a lot of people go down there and they don't take professional lessons. No. Family members, isn't it? Family members and that. But the family's traps got a, not saying there's anything wrong with their driving, but they've got a distorted view of what the test is about. Oh, you can't be taught by fa- family members. It will end in tears. And also, they'll, t- they'll teach oh, you all the bad habits, won't they? Well, that's right. I mean, family members, they drive perfectly well, even with the bad habits, because what they can do is their experience is so much greater and their reaction times are a lot faster. And yet they pass it on to the learner driver, whose reaction times are a lot slower, and that's where they get into trouble. We've got uh, um, Carpet Martin has tweeted. Hang on, this is this is this sums up for me one of the problems of having uh, family members uh, teach you to drive. Hang on, I've lost this tweet now. Here it is. Yeah, go on. Uh, my brother taught me to drive in his knackered Datsun Sunny. You don't need a left indicator. Is a mantra I still follow. No. No, you've got to tell people what you're doing. It's indicators of communication. You must tell people what you're doing. Uh, if you're going left and you just turn... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Or even if you pull up on the side of a road and no signal and somebody behind you, they think you're stopping, and they're going to pull up behind you, aren't they? Which means they've got to probably reverse back to get around you. Les, I hear that some of your students have had problems with other road users in Luton. Oh, yeah, we get all sorts. Um, bad attitude, in particular taxi drivers... Um, taxi drivers are rushing around to get their next pupil and so on, you know, and they will cut you up. Um, I had one failed on Telford Way roundabout where she was turning right, going down Telford Way, going towards Bedford, down Telford Way, and the taxi driver had come out of uh, Dalla Road, had come down to turn right to go all the way around and back up Stewart Street, and they come around the left-hand lane, cut everybody up on the left-hand lane. Genius. And uh, it cost my pupil the test. Les, I appreciate your time. Les Stonnell, driving instructor, and also from the Luton and District Driving Schools Association. Um, uh, Family members teaching is the worst thing. Not a good idea. The worst thing you can have. One, because they love you and they don't want you to kill them and yourself. So they're very nervous. They hate you. By the end, yeah. By the end of it, they hate you. But also... I, with, and it's their car. Can I just say it? 
It's obviously an, an ethnic thing, isn't it, that, that, that Luton is doing? So Luton has got huge, uh, wonderful, beautiful, diverse ethnic population. Great, embrace it. The figures there suggest there is a massive disparity. The figures are showing that 50% of people who declare themselves white on their test application form are passing, and only, what was it, 36%, something like that? 35% who declare themselves as uh, Asian or Asian British, 38% who describe themselves as black or black British are and passing. look at the figures with women. It's women, isn't it? 41% uh, of men had a pass rate, 33% of women uh, had a pass rate in Luton, specifically. So uh, I'm going to say it. It's Asian women. Could it be that they're being taught by family members? It's Asian women, okay? Now, for whatever reason that is, and we can analyse that, is it because they're being taught by family members? Is it because uh, some of them may perhaps uh, think that they are not necessarily confident, that their confidence has been denied them, so they're not particularly confident drivers? Is it, I'm going to say it and sound like John Gaunt, is it because they're wearing, you know, the, the veils around their face and they can't see where they're going? Some of them. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want to skirt around this. Ooh, the figures would su- would suggest it's Asian women. I'll tell you what it's not. Go on. The roadworks. <laughs> it's not the roadworks because there are roadworks everywhere and the, 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 the bad stats were there before the roadworks. And roadworks make you slow down. Yeah. And you can only go one way. Yeah. It's not because you're nervous, Les. You know, Simon, I'll speak to you after the news if that's all right, because Simon wants to talk about the strikes. So I want to give him a fair crack of the whip. Uh, it's not because they're nervous, because everyone's nervous. With the, uh, I'm trying to think of a time I was more nervous than doing my driving test. Not even my A-levels, because I knew that I didn't stand a chance in hell of getting those. French oral degree. Sorry? That's what it's when I was nervous. Oh, hello, JK. Instructor was a right madam. Literally. Literally. <laughs> hey! 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1, the Great North Road, queuing at the moment, heading it southbound, approaching the Black Cat roundabout. Also very slow on the North Orbital Road, heading northbound, just around the Park Street roundabout. Checking the sense on the M25, heading anti-clockwise. Very slow moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Taking a look at the M40, that's looking slow on camera from the Denham roundabout, heading towards the M25. And it's queuing on the Barnet Bypass, heading southbound between Sterling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you. Alistair wasn't happy with my interview there um, with the uh, Under Secretary. Ian, you came across like a complete Burke when interviewing the Under Secretary. I always, whenever I get criticism, I go and look at their other tweets. The previous tweet is also a complaint. Dear Cineworld, your new allocated seating rule is a silly idea when we can't choose seats. Hashtag less mega seating. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. More than a million public sector workers are expected to strike today as part of a dispute with the government about pay, pensions and spending cuts. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams in Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. An investigation will take place this morning into a fire at a flat in Hatfield during the night. Fire crews were called to Brakes Road just before 1.30 this morning. And Luton Driving Test Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Argentina are through to the World Cup final after beating Holland 4-2 on penalties. The sides were locked at 0-0 after extra time. Argentina will face Germany in Sunday's final. Ron Vlaar and Wesley Schneider failed to convert their spot kicks. Netherlands coach Louis van Aal says two of his players refused to take the first penalty, so Vlaar stepped up. The coach asked me, uh, Van Persie is usually the, the, the first take. He takes the first one, but he was substituted, so he asked me. And so, yeah, I said yes, I felt good. But, you know, if you take one, you have to score, and it didn't happen. Arsenal are close to completing the signing of Barcelona and Chile forward Alexis Sanchez for £30 million. Stevenage won their opening pre-season friendly 3-0 at Arlesey last night with first-half goals from Dean Wells, Tom Pett and Adam Marriott. Graham Westley handed starts to eight of his summer arrivals. India's cricketers will resume on 259 for four on day two of the first test against, in, against England at Trent Bridge with opener Murali Vijay. 122 not out and the Tour de France continues today but without last year's champion Chris Froome the British rider crashed out yesterday here's team Sky boss Sir Dave Brailsford I think when you have got an injury like that particularly you know you couldn't have had a worse moment to, to, to hurt your wrist the day before uh, you know the cobble sections so it's obviously going to be challenging and, and, and I, I, it's got to play on your mind a little bit you know let's, let's, he's human after all but he's very, very brave and he was really up for it and he wanted to, to really fight for today. But I think, you know, when, when he actually see the, the crash that finally took him out, I think it was on a roundabout, you know, and so, you know, these things happen. And the Women's British Open golf starts today at Royal Birkdale. It's also been announced that the 2016 Championship will be held at Woburn. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, uh, we've got to do the, we're going to do Pond Update in a minute. Right. You keep changing the time. Yeah, I, I keep hoping you take the hint. First of all, it's ten to eight now, it's this time. Yeah. Don't know if I'm coming or going. Sorry? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's strike day. Simon's in Luton. Morning, Simon. Morning, Ian. Are you on strike today? Yes, I am, Ian. Tell yes, me what am, you yeah. do and why you are. <coughs> right, the I'm part of the FBU, so I'm taking part in the strike. Um, it's a strike, a combined action by the unions, which I feel is long overdue. Um, basically, this isn't just also about the the individual unions and their individual issues they have with pay and pensions, etc. This is the union movement itself against the greater backdrop of this so-called austerity that the country's facing, which is nothing more than ideological austerity by the Tory party. And the guy who phoned in saying about your interview, to be honest, all I heard from the interview was the undersecretary being evasive and not answering your questions because she didn't have the answers for your questions. Is it the is it the place of firemen and women and teachers and bin men though to make a stand against um, government's policies? Surely we do that I- I- when we go to a general election next year. Well, as you pointed out earlier, Ian, with with David Cameron only getting twenty percent of the vote and yet being in in power as such, I think uh, I think most people kind of see through that illusion straight away. Um, you know, the, the, the whole idea. Of, uh, there was a lady on the news last night who worked as a teaching assistant, and she has to have two other jobs just to make ends meet. Now she's she is, you know, if I hear the Tory party use that phrase "hard-working people" one more time, it, you know, they are not the party of working people. They are the party of the corporations and their friends in big business, and it's got to the stage now 
where we don't have a democracy anymore. We have a corpocracy. We are ruled by corporations and business. They make the decisions, and David Cameron and his chums, they, they dance to their tune every what time. About, what about all the, um, the parents that will have had to take days off work today to look after the kids? What happens if there's a fire? What about the, the, the old people who don't get their bins collected today? Unfortunately, Ian, there's all, when you have, whenever you take a strike action like this, that there is going to be issues... As far as the fire service is concerned, we've had a series of strikes with the fire service. There's contingency, uh, contingency and resilience in place to deal with that. The bins, well, the guys, they'll, they'll get down to it and they'll catch up with the round. They'll catch up with the round. But the teachers, are they, they form such an important part of our society. They're teaching the future generation. It's a really responsible job, and yet they're, they're treated absolutely appallingly by this government. They're treated with disdain. And the real questions we need to be asking is why a Tory party are selling off our NHS, privatising our NHS, privatising our but education so, but Simon, system. Simon, that's, that's surely a different argument. That, 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 I, I wouldn't expect fire... Uh, um, I don't know what I'm supposed to call you these days. What are you? Who are you? Firefire. Fire thank, you, thank you very much. Yeah, I still say fireman. And I get told off for it. I, I, but that's not for you, a firefighter, to, to come out on strike to defend the NHS or to complain that Google don't play enough, pay enough tax. But, but what they're doing, Ian, what the, what, the, what the government are doing, because they have some of the, or most of the media, the mainstream media on their side, um, you know, it's, they use the mainstream media as, as a bludgeoning tool against public sector workers. And they constantly try and pit public sector workers against the rest of society who, you know, a lot of people who work in the private sector are probably so fearful for their jobs at the moment and it is a climate of fear in this country because if you lose your job what have you got to look forward to zero hour contract so you know, I, I, people are frightened people would be frightened to go on strike someone's got to stand up to them Simon, i appreciate your passion i'm sorry to have to cut you short but we've got to talk about ponds i know i know there's far more important things happening simon thank you if you, you've heard simon there a firefighter that's the term uh, very passionate about strike action. Oh eight four five nine, four double five five double five. Do you agree with him, or do you think, um, or do you think that he's being him and his his colleagues are being selfish? It is embarrassing, Matt, that we've. Um we're talking to a firefighter who's withdrawing his labour right. because of changes to his pension and his yeah. job and, and he's in support of all his comrades and his colleagues. I've, I've had to cut him short. Talk about your flipping Watford Pond. I know it's a big story, but there's also another big story, and this concerns Watford and the new pond. We were promised a pond we could be proud of. You've got a pond! We've got a pond, but right. I promised one we could be proud of. Let me, the, the pond was officially opened by retail guru Mary Portas. You've been very upset about it. I have. Well, what, what, just quickly go through the things that have upset you. Well... The water turned green shortly after its opening. The pond had to be emptied and then refilled. Yeah. An owner let his dog urinate next to me. There was bread on the there was bread on the decking. There was bread on the decking, and there was also concerns that a drunken yob could ride the giant heron. Now I've been speaking to people this week about this giant heron, and they can't see the point of it. There is a tube that is stuck up its bottom. Okay, Uh, we've got a tweet. We've got tweets about this. Right. Yes. Ian says, "I wish we could find out more about the pond in Watford." Said no one ever. Hashtag pond update hell. Really? Yeah. Just well, in- I've had people who've tweeted me who have said no, they want to know about the what pond. What they've tweeted you is saying you look like Rodney. <laughs> no, no. Yes, no, no, you no, do, no, no. yes. Genuine concerns about this pond. Right. And who's this idiot who you've got on now? This what? is this is Justin. Justin Deary. 
Carry on, boss. Morning, Justin. Yeah, morning. He's, he's Billy Big Trousers when wow. you're not in the same room as him. He is incredible. I'll tell you what, Matt. I'll tell you what. Uh, the BBC have sent their top reporter, i.e. me, really? uh, to Watford to investigate this because all you are doing is moaning about nothing. So I've been to this new pond in Watford. In my opinion, it looks absolutely fantastic. I've been there to discuss your pond complaints. Let me tell you, Lockers, the people have spoken. Here's what they had to say. I, uh, to be honest, I, I won't be I'm not going to lie, I've never heard of this fella, but if he's complaining about this, he needs to do one. Like, that's fine, I ain't got a problem with that. That's a, honestly, did you see what, what it was before? Mm. Horrible, wasn't it? Yeah. You're telling me that's not better? Did you see it before? It was all green and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But now nah, it's good. It looks a lot better, a lot cleaner, a lot more friendly to the people as well. Do you think he's a Muppet? A little bit, yeah. Thank you very much. No worries, see that. Morning, sir. We're from the BBC. What's your name? Mr. Harris. Lovely to meet you, Mr. Harris. Um, lovely outfit today. Mr. Harris, we're talking about the, the pond over there. Matthew Lockwood, not happy about it. You seem to be quite happy with that pond. It's only, for, it's only when they come out of the clubs that they, they might fall in at the drunks. Mm. But, but on the whole, you're happy with the appearance? Yeah, yeah, they've done a good job. Yeah, I mean, well, it's worth it. I mean, they say this is the opportunity. Yeah, so that's your only complaint, the scumbags could fall in there. Yeah. But, but on the whole, anybody moaning about this pond needs to get a life. Yes, they do, yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, if, mm. you know, I mean, I, I think it's a grand job. It's better than what they did before, uh, and I enjoy it. Matthew Lockwood is, is back in our studios in Luton right now. What's your message to, to Matthew Lockwood? Take a, get a life, man. Is he a pathetic human being? Yes, yeah, I think so, yeah. Do you think he should be kicked out of the town? Yes. And lastly, do you think he needs to get his hair cut? Yes. Madam, we're here today in Watford to get some feedback on this pond. Somebody thinks it looks disgusting. How would you rate this pond? I think it looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, this place, nice. Very good. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Justin? Boss, I think um, the people have spoken, and um, I think, to be quite honest with you, I think we can now officially no. leave this story, can't no, we? the people have not spoken, Justin. You've gone down to my town. Mm-hmm. You've pick people who are very one-sided nope yes you've put words into their mouth you call that journalism i call that the gutter press right you've stitched me right up so how many people have you got then and you've commented on my appearance how many people have you got you've commented on my how appearance. many people have you got You're, i'm getting my lawyers on to you how many people have Lockwood you got answer the question well i've got francis oh now one person. she saw wow. the pond for well the first time this week she thought it was horrible play that audio now i'm not impressed why are you not impressed because I was perfectly happy with the pond that we had before, with the ducks and the terrapins and, and everything about it. And it took so long. Why did it take so long? Over a year? The water looks green and we haven't got any ducks. Maybe and there's they'll no come fish. Back. And there's no fish. And that thing... What are you referring to? The giant heron? The giant heron will... I give it two months before some evening idiot knocks it over. There are concerns that people might ride the giant heron. Are you concerned about that? Yes. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't know if yet they've put any washing up liquid into this. They probably will do, and it'll all foam up. But they made a little pond where McDonald's are down the road there. It lasted, I think, three months before they paved it in and put seats in it. And that was the end of that. And this, they'll just mess it up on a Friday or Saturday night. 
There's also concerns that the ducks, when they return, apparently they have returned at have some they? point. I don't know if somebody has seen some ducks, that the dogs might go into the pond and savage the ducks. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. They've got steps down. It's perfectly okay for them. I mean, you know, yes, why not? Yeah, if you get a certain kind of dogs that are, um, you know, after that sort of, yes. I mean, they're giving them steps down. So that's to encourage people to go and paddle in it. Yeah, paddle in the pond. OK, she's obviously very passionate. She's very passionate no. and she makes some very valid points. And my audio, Justine, is based on... Fact well, one checking person. and real yeah, well people. Done. Real yeah. people. All right, okay. boys, now, boys. you lined those people up, Justin, to make nope, a show of all. me. In actual fact, I went out boys. with work experience yesterday, in, and um, obviously, when I'm out with uh, work experience people, I am on my absolute best behaviour. So, uh, <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Justin. We haven't finished this yet. Justin. Oh, wait, Lockwood. Justin, thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, you, now, last week, this is a serious matter now. You interviewed Mayor Dorothy Thornhill about the pond. Uh, she promised to tell us how much the pond cost. Yes, she did. Her office called me on Tuesday. I've she's got a, she's a, figure, a woman of her word, yep. Got a figure from the council. Now, the total cost of this project is £717,000. That's for Watford Pond. Now, that includes the removal of the old pond yep. and the design and installation of the new one. The money, I'm told, came from cash from the council had to spend on infrastructure. Yep. So no council tax on government grants were spent on it. So that's why they told me this figure, okay. because they said no council money had been spent on it. But so it's still a lot of money to spend on a pond that we were promised would be spectacular and what we have is something that looks rather functional and people want this giant heron to do something. I mean, I thought some water would gush out of its beak. Some guy said to me this week, what does it do? Does it light up? Does it do something? No, it just stands there. Uh, Matt, what's the function of a pond? The function of the pond is for people to enjoy the pond. Because uh, it's, it's ornamental, Matt. Look. You're ornamental, Matt. Look. Yeah, the bridge is very, it's very yes. functional. Why spend all this money? It's a bridge. Bridges are functional. So, so the bridge I, works. That's your complaint. I tell you what. I tell you what. I have many complaints. Time out. You know the complaints. Time out. We do. Time out. You sound a, starting to sound a little bit like uh, the Rain Man. <laughs> Time out. Catherine. Uh, I know the BBC um, poo-pooed these a while ago. What's the BBC policy on, on phone and text votes these days? Um, when not allowed to offer prizes. OK. Well, the I, friends of Watford Pond, up, they've got a poll shut up, shut on up, their website. Shut up. Um, we can do a no prizes just for fun, surely. Yeah, could, I, 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 I've had enough of this. I can tell Delia, as I know that you two think this is hilarious. No, so I'm we let this lose on me as well now. Can we have a vote? The next 15 minutes of the show, 08459 455 555. Your, your career is in the balance. Do we keep pond life or do we get do we rid? Do pop it off? Do we keep it? And this is... Bosses, come on, squares. Pull your finger out your backsides. We're having a phone vote, all right? Who cares? Get Tony... Who cares if Tony Hall... Um, doesn't even know who we are. Doesn't even know this station exists. He sent me an email. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, he sent me that email as well. Oh. I've, I've only just found out he sends them to everyone at the I BBC. I felt really special. 08459 455 555. Do we keep Pond Life or do we ditch it? Whose stomach was that? That was my stomach. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Queuing at the moment on the Great North Road, just approaching the Black Cat roundabouts and the roadworks that are taking place there. Heavy moving on the A1M, heading southbound between Junction 8 for Stevenage North and Junction 7 for Stevenage South. The M1 Luton Spur looking rather slow in both directions between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. The M25 very slow moving on the speed sensors between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. And taking a look at the M40, that's looking heavy on on camera heading northbound between the Denham roundabout and just coming off towards the M25. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. It's happening. I'm reintroducing the phone vote to the BBC. 08459 455 555. Do we keep Pond Life or do we ditch it? No call so far, Matt. Early days. Yeah, early days indeed. It's 7.47. It's Thursday the 10th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. And Luton Driving Test Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. Let's get the weather. Here's Wendy. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. We've got a fair amount of cloud around, but actually parts of Bedfordshire have seen some sunny spells so far. Um, we're also watching some outbreaks of rain in a narrow band, which is associated with a warm front. Now, that is edging towards Hertfordshire at the moment, so we are going to see it in the next couple of hours. It only edges so far, and then it sort of gets stuck and wavers around, so some places will see some heavy downpours today. Other places are likely to avoid them. The Met Office, anyway, has us covered by a yellow weather warning because where we do see that rain, there could be quite a light lot of it and we could get some localised flooding. So that's the situation today. I'm tweeting this picture, so the satellite picture, so you can see what we're dealing with today. Through the evening, it looks like it will pep up a bit, actually, so there's a greater chance of uh, more widespread uh, rain uh, for a time up until about midnight. And again, there could be some heavy bursts of that. And temperatures today will get to about 18 or 19 degrees. It's quite a muggy feeling day as well, and it will stay so overnight. Uh, once the rain is cleared, away in the early hours of the morning. Temperatures will get down to about 14 degrees. Not very comfortable for sleeping. And then through the day tomorrow, it looks like it will be mainly dry, but really claggy, muggy, murky, quite a cloudy day with temperatures reaching about 20 degrees Celsius. Over the weekend, it will be warmer. I think we'll be approaching the mid-20s. The sun will come out, but with all this humid and uh, unsettled air around us, we are likely to see some heavy thundery downpours. So we'll have to dodge those over the weekend. That's how it's looking at the moment so far today. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. People are lovely. There's a lot of people who have lived here a long, long time. We are up and coming and hopefully getting more and more friendly. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. Community spirit's good and alive and kicking. We've got our community garden here that's flourishing. Inviting everyone to where you live. Friendly estate where people care about each other. Yeah, I've got a good community and they all look, look after each other. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. It's my home at the end of the day and if I move, 
I'll be back. The big tour of Ben. Okay, big tour, fish me. La, 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 la. Excellent, we haven't got time for that. Uh, Matt Lockwood is here, Pond Life. During um, that weather bulletin, I did your hair. You did. I styled it. You with, did. With product. It looks no better. It looks much better, doesn't it, girls? Girls, it looks better, doesn't it? Yeah, in a kind of wartime way. Exactly. Mm. I like that you did it in a parting, and then Matt said, "What's this?" What's this? And you had to explain what a parting was. It looks what? The video is going to go on Instagram. Somewhere. It's got quite a nice yeah. um, texture and colour to it, your hair, really, hasn't it? Mm, there's too much product on it now. It's quite ratty. Mm. Yeah. I was expecting a bit of a spiky number, and what I've got here is just something that looks flat. It looks oh. like a toupee. Uh, well, it, I mean, it does, it, it does expose the, the, receding, the receding hairline. hairline. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we've been asking, uh, Pond Life, do we keep it or do we ditch it? Well, I'm very, very pr- proud to say we've been joined by one of the BBC's finest reporters. None other than Mr Tony Fisher. Good morning, Mr Fisher. <laughs> Good morning, Mr Lee. <laughs> what, what, what would you like to say? Do we, do we keep Matt Lockwood's feature or do we ditch it? Well, I think if we continue with Pond Life, we have to get rid of Matt Lockwood. Oh, <laughs> but but who would we who would we get to breathe some life into it? Well, we we need to get a proper reporter. Really? Are you putting yourself forward for it, Mr. Fisher? No, I think Pond Life, Matt. I respect you. No, you don't. Great work. When? Normally, yeah. On this one, you're riding the heron on your own. I just think it's unbelievable. Justin's obviously paid you some money there, slipped to your tenor. All right, well, hang on. So uh, he has no, other... I think this is... I, if, don't get... If I bet, this is the third week in a row we've done Pond Life. Yeah. Am yeah, I and correct? There's a, there's a reason for it. The third week in a row. The only reason for it this morning was to reveal the figure. The cost, yes. Yeah, £717,000. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could have done some digging around, Matt, and, and, and we could have done the story once you'd found out the figure, making it a one-hit... Wonder. We could have done five minutes on it yeah. once. Yeah. I just feel like I'm being attacked here from all sides. You're firing at me. Justin Dealey's firing at me. I mean, I thought we were friends, Tony, but um, I know no, you... No, we are friends. Well, you're my man. You're, uh, you're my main man. Uh, you're my main man. But on this one, Matt... I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's getting a little bit too ridiculous now. Tony, thank you very much indeed. Mike's in Bedford. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, I'm all in favour of keeping both Matt and Pond Life, mate. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Most, it's been one of the better stories you've covered just oh, recently. Flipping it. We're talking about strikes today. We did um, kidneys yesterday. We did some. We, we, we did a, the thing about an incinerator the other day as well. We're doing good stories here, Mike. Oh, yeah. Oh, blimey. Do you genuinely think. That this is the the, the 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 best story we've done in ages. Yeah, well, I think it's certainly one of the better ones. Yeah, oh, I mean, Matt's it. bringing something to the program that the rest of you don't. You Absolutely, know. intelligence. What? You know, what? Matt's bringing intelligence to the program. You know, I fully support him. I think we should have a half hour of Matt every day. Mike, thank you very much indeed. You're obviously a lunatic. Can we can we alert the authorities that in Bedford there's a madman running around with a telephone? He sounds like a very reasonable chap. Thank you, Mike. Out. I love you, Mike. Get out. No, because I, no. I should stay on the air now. No, uh, no, don't stay on the air. Actually, get out, because I've got someone I want to speak to now. Right, about strikes. Is it about strikes? Th- it's about kidneys. Really? Yeah. We're not doing kidneys today. No, I know. Right, uh, we, we'll carry on this phone vote. So far, it's one each. And we should technically have to discount Tony Fisher, because he's a work colleague. But we won't. We'll keep that in the tally. 08459 455 555. Do we keep um, uh, life or do we get rid of it? Um, Peter? 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 
Hello. Where are oh, you there, Peter? Yes, indeed. Now I know you've called in about strikes. Is that right? Yes, indeed. Before you do that, as I send Matt on his merry way to make us a decent cup of coffee, do we keep pon? You're right. Yeah. It sounds like you're having a whitey. I don't know if it's your, your lines right. No, it's your. I don't know if your lungs are right. No, I'm fine. Okay. Do we keep pond life or do we ditch it? <laughs> We've got a, a great deal of pond life. That's for sure. Yeah. No, but the feature with Matt Lockwood, the the charming northerner, charming bumbling northerner Matt Lockwood, where he talks about Watford Pond every week. Do we keep it or do we get rid of it? Well, I mean, it's a, it's of interest to some people, so uh, you should certainly discuss it. I don't know about every week. We are discussing week. it, Peter, and I'm asking you for your opinion. Well, well, as far as I'm concerned, I can take it or leave it, I'm afraid. Oh, b- 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 oh, Good, so that's, uh, is it two... No, that doesn't count. Liz? Liz? Oh, black. Liz? Yes? Where, right, do we keep it or get rid of it? Keep it. Why? Because I love Matt. Oh, flipping it. Brilliant. This is excellent. This is not going the way this I was expecting it to go. Liz in Enfield, that's a new listener. Is no, that a new, not listener? a new listener? No, you've been, you've been on the programme before. I've, I've not been on the programme, but I've been listening for Are a you a long time listener, first time caller? Yes. Here we go. There we go. There, there we, go. we go. We've got a new new caller. <laughs> Some new life into this programme. Matt! going down since I won the Academy Award, isn't it? What? <laughs> I yeah. hate to say. Liz, thanks, thanks a lot for nothing, love. That's okay, anytime. Bye bye. Well, Matt. Pond I'll, life, part I'll four s- next week. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Are you going to come down to the pond with me? Have a dip in it. I'm not going to dip in the pond. Come down with me. I will come down to well, the pond. Well, that would be, yeah. I'm going to the pond. All right, bye-bye. I'll speak to Peter about something very serious now. We've got, uh, to, keep, we've got to keep that, Peter. You could have swung the vote the other way. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't really want to get involved in yeah, that. Yeah, socialist. Right, go on, <laughs> what, what do you reckon about the strike? I reckon for, for sure, because it was a democratic vote, which was brought in, by the way, it was brought in by the Conservative Party because they, they wanted... Postal voting, yes, which reduced the union vote because people voting within the offices or wherever they work, the factories, there was a higher vote. Now, because that was a democratic vote, I'm in favour of uh, the strike. It's got to be because the people who voted wanted the, the strike. Now, if you're talking about people striking because of pay... And no one will help them when they're forced to move out of areas because their pay is too low to be able to live there. No one will help them. So they've got to, the only way through it, really, is to stick up for themselves. I mean, I'm being common, it's common sense what I'm talking, really. But what about the parents of the kids who can't go to school? And they have well, to take the day off work. They see, lose money. They're being penalised. You can't blame the victim. You, 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 the, but you can blame the, the people who, who, who the are causing... The side effects of a strike yeah. affect other people. Yeah. Now, you can't... The, the, the victims, if you like, are the people who have to strike. No, the victims are the people who have to take the day off work so they can look and after they, their kids and, the and lose money. And the victims are also the people who have to strike because well, their the money people... now is getting too low to be able but to live properly. You can't call them victims because they're the people who have chosen to strike. The victims are the people who, the innocent people who are affected by that. Well, I mean, you, you know and I know there's been years of debate on this with the unions and with the people themselves 
thousand, and they've lost loads of uh, benefits and that sort of thing. And if you're going to move, remove people from areas where their family lived all their life because they can't afford to live there, then I, I can't, you, you can't deny that they've got to do something about it. Peter, thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very heavy moving at the moment on the A1M heading southbound between Junction 8 for Stevenage North and Junction 7 at Stevenage South. In Park Street, the A414 is looking very slow, moving just around the Park Street roundabouts. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, very heavy between 21 the A for St Albans and 20 at Kings Langley. So far, no reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties... Oh, sorry, Nicola, I cut you off a little bit short. I do apologise. So the strike, are you for or again? Do you uh, agree? Maybe you're one of the parents who has had to take the day off work today to look after your kids. Give us a call and we'll speak after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines, more than a million public sector workers expected to strike today. Seven arrested in phone scam inquiry and drivers struggling to pass their test in Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. More than a million public sector workers are expected to strike today as part of a dispute with the government about pay, pensions and spending cuts. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined in the 24-hour walkout by local government workers, including refuse collectors, dinner ladies and librarians. Megan Dobney is Regional Secretary for the TUC and will be taking part in a march in Luton. We're going to have a uh, small march from the uh, Manor Park into town Mm. and then we'll have a short rally, um, some speeches from various people um, and then I dare say people will go back to their picket lines. A lot of um, workers will be gathering around the town hall in their workplaces early on. Um, The fire services um, in Luton will be coming out at Mm. um, some point this morning. School closures in this region include 16 in Bedford, eight in Luton and six in Milton Keynes. But Education Minister Elizabeth Truss told this programme that striking teachers were wrong. I think it's a huge inconvenience to parents. I think it's potentially damaging to children's education. And I think there's a very low mandate uh, for this strike. The NUT only had a poll two years ago on this strike and they've used it to justify a series of industrial actions over that time. Seven people have been arrested in connection with suspected phone scams across the south of England, including Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and the Thames Valley. It follows an investigation by the Hertfordshire-based Phone Scam Task Force. Those arrested are aged between 18 and 23 and were detained early yesterday morning in North London. Emergency legislation will be introduced in the Commons next week to force phone and internet companies to continue logging records of their customers' phone calls, texts and internet use. The coalition parties and Labour have agreed the measures in response to a recent European court ruling. Luton Driving Test Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. Les Stonnell is a driving instructor from the Luton and District Driving Schools Association. There is a 
language barrier sometimes. You do get quite a few people go down there who cannot speak the language or speak English. Yeah. Uh, but then again, quite often they have an interpreter with them as well. But if we go back to what I said at the start, if they go prepared properly for it and they do the practice for it, then they will pass. An investigation will take place this morning into a fire at a flat in Hatfield during the night. Fire crews were called to Brakes Road just before 1.30 this morning. There are no reports of any injuries. The Vice-Chancellor of the Open University in Milton Keynes is to stand down at the end of the year. Martin Bean is returning to his native Australia. The process to select a new Vice-Chancellor will begin immediately. In sport, Argentina are through to the World Cup final after beating Holland 4-2 on penalties. The sides were locked at 0-0 after extra time. Argentina will face Germany in Sunday's final. The weather cloudy with patchy rain, which could be heavy at times. A maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a great community. A lot of green spaces for kids to play. And all this week we're featuring Fishermead. I like it when I see people looking after it, see them develop in the parks for the little ones. It's all about where you live. I've lived in Fishermead since 79. Yeah, community spirit's good and alive and kicking. There's a lot of good people here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, four minutes past eight, Thursday the 10th of July. An hour left of the show, lots to cram in, including more on the strike. I'd like to hear from you if it's impacting you on any way. Do you agree with the strike? Or do you think they should just suck it up? Oh, and other bits and pieces as well. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, we got some texts about strikes. My nephew is a bin man. His partner works t- part-time. They have two teenagers but still manage to go on holiday twice a year in Florida every two years. How? Because of the perks from being a bin man. What, the, what, the, the old magazines that you find and the bits of stuff that you... What, what perks what are perks? there? What per- perks are there of doing what I, I consider to be... One of, and no disrespect, with, with great respect to those who do it, one of the worst jobs that you can do. Just for the stink factor alone, you get stuck behind one of those wagons on a, on a hot day. Oh, man, imagine driving around in that every day of the week. And then imagine the jip they get from uh, people stuck behind them in their cars, from people not happy about where they left their bins. What, no, perks, what perks do they get, mysterious uh, texter? Steve says maybe teachers and public sector workers should stop working to rule. Should start, sorry, should start working to rule. That would soon cause real inconvenience to the public. I support the strikes. And Rob says my earnings are now 30% less than in 2007. I've had six reductions in seven years, but I've still got work. I'd never go on strike. 08459 555. Well, as you probably know now, teachers, firefighters and other public sector workers in the three counties are going on strike today as part of a national pay dispute. Some schools have already announced full or partial closures, with councils advising parents to check their websites for an up-to-date list. In the meantime, rallies and marches are taking place in Luton, Bedford and Milton Keynes. Or we can go now and speak to Fran Bauer, chair of the Milton Keynes branch of Unison. Uh, Morning, Fran. Where are you and what's going on? Hi, I'm standing outside the Milton Keynes Council main building at Civic Offices 
in central Milton Keynes. And we've got a picket and we're giving leaflets out to employees and to members of the public as well. How many people are there with you? At the moment, I've got five people there with me. You're not chanting, Fran. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> we shall be. We've got a rally. Half past 12 to half past one, we shall have a rally. And if anybody would like to come and support us and, and wave some flags and make a noise and generally show their support for public services, we'd be so pleased. We've had quite a lot of support already this morning, and that, that's, but that's the time to come. Please. Why are you on strike? What's your beef? Well, we've, we've been trying for some time to get employers, the national employers, NJC employers, to, to listen to us. Um, but we've had a, a three-year pay, pay freeze, to give you the numbers. Uh, we had a three-year pay freeze, and, um, and in real terms, a pay cut last year. And then our employers have made us a 1% pay offer this year. And the cost of living is increasing by 2.5%, so really that amounts to another pay cut. And overall, our wages are worth about 20% less than they were in 2010. But isn't that the same for a a lot of people? People who are people in and out of the public sector are all facing pay cuts, pay freezes, not uh, increases that, that are not in line with the rate of inflation. I think that is true for a lot of people, but that doesn't make it right. And in this country, there has been a, a, a real ideological dismantling of public services and a lack of funding for public services. And this isn't just about what the council wants to pay to us. This is about the way the government funds local Gov- uh, the, the central government funds local government and, and the lack of funding that local government has. So they can't pay us a lot more. That, we think they could pay us a bit more, but they couldn't pay us a lot more because of what central government does. So it's about that. This dismantling of public services, this lack of respect for public services. I have, I have a dream that one day somebody will turn around and say, you know what would be a good idea? We'll have local services, really important services that deal with stuff for the people who can't look after themselves to make sure people are sheltered and they can get around and our children are properly taught in schools. We'll have all these services and we'll have them decided on by local people, representatives of local people, democratically elected, and then we will fund that properly. This is my dream. My nightmare is that this will happen too late and by that time the whole thing will have fallen apart, it will have been peeled off bit by bit by people who want to run the services for Fran. profit and not for people. Fran, you old socialist, you know that's never going to happen. Yes, it might be a nice, it might be a nice idea. We can stop it happening. It's not just a nice idea, it is essential. And the only way we can stop it happening is to stop it soon. If we don't stop it soon, it will be too late. And I said, hey, someday somebody's going to turn around and, and have this bright idea. Let's have local services. Let's have local services decided on by what's, local people. What's a strike going to achieve, Fran, apart from annoying people? What it's going to achieve is bringing this whole thing into the public gaze. And I, I don't think people are frightened enough about public services. Mm. I really don't. People are not thinking about it. They're thinking it's somebody else's problem. But these services are services that every one of us use, from the cradle to the grave. 
I'm trying to work out from the, the phone calls and the texts we've had this morning what the, the kind of public split is. I, I, I'm guessing, Catherine, and you may, you've seen more of the text than me, I would say it's about 60-40 in favour. Yeah. Does that sound about right? That's about right. That's right. a non-scientific um, uh, analysis. Are you getting <laughs> lots of support there, Fran? We are, yeah, yeah, we are, yeah. And I, I just had another couple of unions turn up and some people who are not actually striking, just oh. standing around and, and chatting to the pickets and showing solidarity. And Fran, you, yeah, need to, you need to get a chant going, otherwise it doesn't count. Do you think we should get a chant going? Can we get a chant going for the radio, please? Here we go. Let's see how... More money! Can we have a oh. chant going, please? We need more money, we'll do. Yeah, tell me. Tell me about it. We need more money. You can't just chant we need more money. You need to... Right, listen, go away. Write a decent chant, otherwise you're, you're on your own. Fran, listen, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, nice talking to you. Thank you for being a good sport. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Fran Bauer, chair of the Milton Keynes branch of Unison. I would say it's about 60-40, uh, kind of in favour of the strike. Yeah, it's probably because of the lack of chanting. There's lack of chanting. It's funny. No, I, I would say that's kind of the, normally when there's a, when it's just a teacher strike, we, we get lots oh, of calls yeah. that are very anti mm-hmm. the strike. This this seems to, to kind of be a little bit more in favour, I think, than usual. Well, it covers a much more broad spectrum uh, spectrum of, of uh, workers, doesn't it? We're talking about council workers, so your bin man, your street cleaners, those mm. people, the teachers, the firefighters. Again, when we do firefighters, it's really it's a very uh, definite split. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> Justin Dealey's out and about. Justin, where are you? Good morning, boss. I'm uh, live in Luton on uh, Portland Court, uh, Luton Borough Council Central Depot. According to the unions here, 85% of people haven't turned up for work this morning. Uh, we spoke to a refuge collector earlier on. Uh, we might ask him, Ian, in a second about the perks of his job, uh, according to somebody who texted your oh, programme, yeah, yeah, which was text. very interesting. But, sir, I have been getting people's reaction. I believe you've got some audio to come here. Um, do they have any sympathy for the workers? From the people that I've been talking to, it's completely split. Ian, here's what people have had to say this morning. Well, Tom, you just walked past one of the picket lines here. You can see the people on strike. Okay. Have you got sympathy for these workers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I say, the bills bills are going up every year. Uh, f- fuel, uh, food prices. You know, everybody could do a bit more money. What about yourself, though? When was the last time you had a pay rise? Um, January. Okay, so you get one every year, do you? Yeah, hopefully. You never know. I mean, th- these people are saying they haven't had one for four years. They want a 5% increase. That money's got to come from somewhere. Is that too much? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the average really is probably normally 25 3%. So it might be a little bit over the odds, but, you know. So you think they deserve more? They've got a point, but, but not too much more? Not too much, yeah. You know, probably stay in line with most people. You know, I've had no more than 25 percent for the last probably 10 years. So, you know, y- y- you take what you, get, you can get, really. Well, here's Steve on his way to work this morning. Steve, a few people striking behind us, uh, public sector workers. Have you got any sympathy for these people at all? Not a great deal, because I'm in a low-paid job myself. Um, I've uh, had 1% rise in the last four years. Uh, So I think they've got to accept the situation as it is, that uh, we've got to wait for things to improve, and striking isn't necessarily going to achieve uh, achieve anything other than uh, disruption for... Mums and dads and people who are trying to just get on with their jobs. I spoke to somebody earlier on who said they want a 5% increase. Is that just being way too greedy? Uh, it's just being unrealistic, yeah, because, uh, as I say, the, the uh, economy just won't allow for that at the moment. 
Um, nobody wants to be in this situation, but it's a situation we're in and we've really we've got to ride it out. So, uh, yeah, it's just unrealistic. I appreciate your time. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Interesting stuff, Justin. Mm. Are, there, are there many people kind of supporting this as they drive past? What's the general vibe? Yeah, a lot of people uh, bibbing their horns this morning at the people here outside this depot. They've got their flags with them. They're in fluorescent jackets, letting people know exactly why they're here, why they're on strike today. Uh, Mick and Andrew are with me. I want to put this point to them. Um, they are both bin men. We've had a, a message to Ian saying that there's many perks to your job. Um, tell me about the perks of being a bin man. I don't know any perks of being a bin man. I get used to strong smells, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> okay. Nothing else. Andrew, any perks to your job, according to one person who's been in touch? Uh, many perks to your job? No, the, at one point there was a time where if you uh, finish your work early, that you'd be able to go home early, but with the amount of work they're now putting on us, uh, with the, the, the cuts that we're facing, um, that's gone out the window as well. So. Justin, I've, I've had an update. The, the anonymous texter has sent mm. in the Ian, the perks are being paid by the public. Paid by the public. To take additional rubbish. Additional rubbish. And selling items on that they find, like watches and jewellery. Okay. Uh, are you finding items and selling them on, which enables you to go to Florida once every single year? According to one person, that's what's happening in your life. No, and if you did, you would be dismissed. Okay. Everything you pick up belongs to Luton Borough Council. That's not. There's no no perk like that. Plus, to be honest with you, you, you don't want to go through somebody's rubbish to to get something anyway. You might find something. What if you find something on the street? In in what rubbish? It goes in the back of the lorry. Watch a TV that could be sold on something like that. Handed in. It's got to be handed in. It's got to be. Otherwise, you in. could uh, lose your job. You could lose your job, and nothing you would find is worth your job. There Justin, you go, boss, getting the facts. Thank you very much. We'll speak later. Very quickly, Dennis is in Hemel. Morning, Dennis. Dennis. Oh, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Um, I don't think these people realise that someone's got to pay for this. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, it will come out of my wages if they want to pay rise. But nobody's mentioned the tax threshold gone up to ten and a half thousand, which means they've all got twenty pound a week in their pocket more. So they've had a pay rise. Twenty pound a week is that is that enough? Do you think? Well, I think it is, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people taking out the uh, tax threshold now. You know, they're not paying tax at all. And those that are paying tax, they've got an extra 5500 where they don't pay income tax at all. £20 a week, ain't bad. Dennis, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Slow moving on the M1 spur heading northbound between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabouts. That's as you're heading through the roadworks area. Queuing on the North Alter Road just off the M25 and queuing on the M25 heading anti-clockwise between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16, the M40. The M40 itself on camera looking very slow at the moment from the Denham roundabout coming off the A40 heading towards the M25. Um, so far the Barnet Bypass looking slow between Sterling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.17. It's Thursday the 10th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Emergency legislation will be introduced in the Commons next week to force phone and internet companies to continue logging records of their customers' phone calls, texts and internet use. And Luton Driving Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates 
markets in the country. Just 37% of people passed their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy to catch people park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, David Priever is in the house. Good, good morning, morning to you, David. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Do you use starch on your shirts? Your shirts are always well pressed. I don't know. Laundry are in charge of this. When you say laundry, is that the missus? Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake. I ironed this last night myself. Uh, yeah, there's, I, I did. just seen a crease down the front. Yes. Yeah, starch. Spray starch, starch is the way forward, man. Should, do you have to iron or you just spray it on? You spray it on and really? you leave it for a bit and then you iron it and it's like old fashioned shirt. I mean, I don't do it for, yeah. for this kind of rubbish, but if I'm doing a bit of telly or something, or I need. Or you a, starch. A Spray start. What's worrying is I'm quite interested in this. I think I could do half an hour on laundry with yeah, you. Yeah, no, honestly. Easily, I could do half an hour on laundry When I discovered right spray starch, yeah. it changed my... Because I, I I can never look smart. If I'm wearing a suit, I put a shirt on, could be ironed. Within 30 seconds, I'd become, like become that 15-year-old scruffy boy again. It yeah. looks awful. Bit of starch. Definitely, I'd go for that. What's on your show this morning? I'm guessing it's going to be strikes. You're right. For hey. 15 points, you're going to gamble or go for the uh, big prize. Yes, strikes uh, across the UK today. As you've been discussing, teachers, council staff, firefighters, civil servants. It's the teachers that really gets to people, I think, because, of course, millions of parents are inconvenienced today. Either you take time off work or you have to pay for childcare or you bring your kids in. That'll probably happen here today. What are we going to do with them all? These oh, children. Wow. Yeah. I've told them that you'll be in charge. No, you listen, that's you'll run the crash. I love kids as long as... I don't like teenagers, but young kids, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm asking after, um, we're going to focus on teachers. Should teachers be allowed to strike? They're striking today on a ballot from 2012, of course. Should teachers be allowed to strike is uh, the big phone in at nine. You can call me on 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So this is it, right? This is it. This is the third best phone-in topic I've ever come up with. Hang on. Yes? Sorry? Sorry. Bit of editing going on. So, what's happening is, strikes are on, people bibbing their horns, they're driving past, a little bit of solidarity. Right, like it. Or are they um, flipping the views at Justin? Don't matter. 08459 455 555. This is brilliant. I'm, I'm smiling because I'm excited to say this. and I wish I'd, we'd done this at six. When was the last time you bibbed your horn? <gasps> yeah? Yeah, come on. Hey. Yeah? I'll tell you when the last time I... I th- there are set times I do it. I do it if someone's doing 60 in the middle lane. Middle lane hoggers. Don't like middle lane hoggers. I'll bib them. They can't hear you on the motorway. They don't You're matter. You're wasting your vo- car's voice. The last time I did it, M4, Cara pulled over. What's he pulled over for? I wonder if he's broken down. What's that fella stand? Oh, he's having a wee. <gasps> beep, 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 beep. I, I bibbed him for uh, having a wee. Yeah. I think the last time I bibbed was to you. 
It what? was a see ya, bib bib. Oh yeah, that was the other day out of the car park. Girls, when was the last time you bibbed your horn? Um, when I drive past my friend's house, I let them know that I'm about, and I went genius. But by the way, by the way, if we're breaking the law by this, then obviously we're joking. This is a device. This is a device that obviously we don't do this. Lockers, when was the last time you bibbed your horn? And if you say it's about a pond or a heron, I'm going to punch you in the eye. It is about a heron oh, there. Like give him a dead arm. <laughs> no. Yeah. Give me away, Kelly. Sorry, I do flap my arms around. Um, no, I had a car that we a horn that didn't work. So everything else worked in the car, but the horn didn't work. So it was it was on a daily basis. It was very scary. What was um, what is the what is a horn? It's a, it's a noise. Yeah, I know. But is it is it like a, is it a tape recording? Is it like one of those little plastic um, uh, records you used to get in the back of, back of action oh, it's men? Pressurized air, isn't it? What? Like a klaxon. The cross is not pressurised air. Same principle. How does this work, though? When the car was switched off, the horn worked. When the car was turned on, the horn didn't work. So if you wanted to bib someone, you had to stop the car, take the keys out, <laughs> yeah. bib them, and then, and then <laughs> so move away. How did that work? That's terrifying. You should have got one of those clown ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I tell you, in the seven, Get out of my way. Get out. You'll remember this, Catherine, because you're old. The you're, tune ones. Yeah. <laughs> They were big on the Britwell Estate in Slough. All the why though? That's a Dixie yeah, kind of. Wasn't thing, that the, that was the General Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, isn't that about the Dukes of Hazard? <laughs> Being a good old Southern boy. Because people thought they were. Um, I bet the Dukes of Hazard were really racist. Possibly. I bet they were. Those were the times. Just the good old boys. Tell you, definitely was. Yeah. Boss Hogg. Oh, Boss Hogg was a total racist. But I bet his assistant. I bet his assistant used racist language. Stop it, we're doing it. No, don't. I, I never used to watch Dukes of Hazzard. I wasn't allowed to. It was not Jeff. Cletus. Cletus. I bet Cletus used racist language, but I bet he'd, um, he'd go out for a drink with uh, a black man if he had to. It was just the time. It was the 70s. It was the Deep South. It was still a very, very backwards attitude. Um, I bet Daisy wasn't uh, racist. No. Um, okay, so the last time. This is a great phone in, isn't it? Not the Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> Never used to watch it. When was the last time you used your I didn't your used horn? to watch it, but I did used to um, fantasise about getting in and out of a car through the window. With those two men? No, just getting in and out of a car through the window. But I was too short. I was, I was very, very small. Daisy Duke, Matt? You can tell Catherine is northern. I mean, other, only northern people would have those fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Like, I smash the windscreen first to get in? or <laughs> okay. Not true. Right, excellent. Thank you. This is this is a great phone in, though, guys, isn't it? What is the phone in again? When was the last time you bibbed your horn? Yeah. And what is a horn? How how do horn work? It's not compressed air. Of course it is. Well, what, well where is the <laughs> air canister? <laughs> I think it's like a little plastic record that you get in the back of an action man, or maybe it's an MP3 now. Why don't you pull a string to make it work then? Why don't you pull that to make it work? I know what happens when you pull that. <laughs> oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What is a horn? And when was the last time did you bib yours? <laughs> That, that is a brilliant phone-in. Now, on yesterday's programme, we had another brilliant phone-in. Two brilliant phone-ins in a row. We'll do a rubbish one tomorrow. Uh, we talked about organ donation. And I got a tweet from Carpet Martin. We were asking questions uh, that we... Um, and I think this is the way forward. That sound a bit stupid, but genuinely you don't know the answer to. And he wanted to know uh, why organs don't... When organs are transplanted, OK, they're, they're put in ice. They're wrapped in ice and then they're driven off to a hospital, um, and then they get put in, uh, you know, someone who, who needs them. Well, why don't they stick to the ice or get frostbite when they're being transported? 
We looked on Wikipedia, they didn't have the answer. So we put some calls in. I'm glad to say I'm joined now by Andy Marmory, who is a physicist from the Royal Institution. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm humbled to be speaking to someone who's a physicist <laughs> from... What is the Royal Institution? Um, we're, um, we're sort of a science communication charity, so we, we kind of tell people all about science um, and put on, put on science shows and things like that. So, um, so yeah, science communication, basically. I, I wish I'd paid more attention in physics. My teacher was a bit of a plum, but I, physics, I think, is brilliant, but my teacher wasn't very good. Let's get to the question, Andrew. When yeah. organs, when a liver is transplant, uh, transported yeah. on ice, why doesn't it stick to the ice? Um, well, basically, I mean, the reason, the reason you're, for instance, your tongue would stick to an ice cube, say, is that, um, uh, well, that would only happen when the ice cube or an ice lolly or something comes straight out of the freezer. So it's not just, it's not just frozen, it's actually much well below zero, so sort of minus, minus 15 or minus 18 degrees or something like that. Yeah. Um, and what that means is that it's, cold, it's then cold enough to freeze a layer of your saliva between the, between the ice cube and your tongue, and that acts, kind of acts like a glue yeah. sticking, sticking your tongue to the ice cube. Um, and that would, that would happen with, with an organ, with a liver, if you used ice that was straight out of a freezer. Um, but, um, but they don't do that. They, just oh. use, they, they use ice that's actually warmed up a bit. So it's starting, so it's starting to melt. It's still, still mostly ice, but it's kind of starting to melt. So it's, it's, it's at zero degrees. It's at, it's at the melting point. Oh, okay. And when, that's, and when it's like that, it can't really freeze anything because it's, it's melting itself. So, um, and ice is really great, like, great for doing that because as it's melting, it holds its temperature. It stays at exactly zero degrees. Yeah. So, it's re- so it's really great for keeping things cool, but, but um, when it's like that, it isn't cold enough to actually cause anything to freeze. Okay. So. Well, that, you, you've, you've answered the question. I'm going to throw a curveball at you now, Andrew, which maybe okay. you don't know about. But if you're from the Royal Institution, if you're a physicist, yeah. you should know about this. I hope. I heard a thing on the radio this morning that yeah. um, scientists have discovered there's more light in the universe than they were expecting. Have you heard about this? Uh, I haven't actually. Oh, I haven't heard. <laughs> Listen, go and research it. There's, okay. there's, there's more light in the universe yeah. than, than scientists can't explain where this light is coming from. Now, is that, okay. that's the kind of thing that excites. I heard that on, on Five Light, yeah, which is normally absolutely. tedious and tepid, but that yeah. kind of perked up my ears. Definitely. Okay. I'm going to look into that. And do you know <laughs> do you know what a horn is and how it works in a car? Um, I. Um, I don't actually. I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's another one of those questions. Embarrassing myself. No, you're not. I, I would guess there's a big speaker there somewhere. That's all. Would, Andrew, you've, listen. Say, you've, you've not embarrassed yourself in the slightest. You've answered the question that we wanted answered. I really appreciate that. We may come to you again in the future for science-related questions. Uh, uh, Andy Marmory there, uh, who is a physicist from the Royal Institution and downright good sport, isn't he? That speaker excuse, though. I don't buy that. It's, well, it's not a speaker. There's no speaker in the car. Because it would always be the same volume. Okay, okay. It, but then he, again, he takes us on to the next point. If there's no speaker, for where does it come from? Where does it come from? Because noise comes out of a speaker. If there's not a speaker, and I, I don't think there is. Out the front. Out of the grill at the front. Yeah. That acts like a Bose. Uh-huh. Yes, or another make. Bose are the best, though. Yeah. Really expensive. They use, they use different it's technology. Bose. It's a German Bose. No, it's not. It means wicked. No, it's not. It's, it's Bose. Is, it means. My boys have started saying wicked. Man, they're going to say wicked man. They'll be calling things crucial next. Very <laughs> 90s. Well, where was this night? I don't say wicked that much in front of them. I get a slap from my wife if I use language like that. We have to whisper things like mate and man. And uh, now my youngest now says, he says something really quiet. I'm saying, what are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. He looks over. 
<laughs> what are you saying? What is he saying? Can we watch Hey Hey Monkeys later? <laughs> <laughs> He's learnt. He's learnt the secret code. Right, OK. So, talk about strikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. More importantly, what is horn? Where does horn come from? Um, and when was the last time you bibbed yours? 08459 555 555. And were the Duke boys racist? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M heading southbound, very heavy moving at the moment between Junction 8 for Stevenage North and Junction 7 at Stevenage South. The M1 Spurs looking very slow at the moment on camera between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout as those roadworks are continuing there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16, the M40. On the trains, delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital Connect services between Luton and St Pancras and that's due to some electrical supply problems. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout. Emergency legislation will be introduced in the Commons next week to force phone and internet companies to continue logging records of their customers' phone calls, texts and internet use. And Luton Driving Test Centre has been revealed as having one of the worst pass rates in the country. Just 37% of people pass their test last year. That's 10% below the national average. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Argentina are through to the World Cup final after beating Holland 4-2 on penalties. The sides were locked at 0-0 after extra time with Ian Robben, one of the successful Dutch penalty takers. I'm very, very disappointed because you're so close. But on the, on the other hand, I'm, I'm very, very proud of this team. We have a young team. Nobody expected us, especially in Holland, nobody expected us to be with the last four. Argentina will face Germany in Sunday's final. The sides also met in the 1986 and 1990 finals. Arsenal are close to completing the signing of Barcelona and Chile forward Alexis Sanchez for £30 million. And Stevenage won their opening pre-season friendly 3-0 at Alsey last night with first-half goals from Dean Wells, Tom Pett and Adam Marriott. Graham Westley handed starts to eight of his summer arrivals. India's cricketers will resume on 259 for four on day two of the first test against England at Trent Bridge. Former England opener Geoffrey Boycott says the home side could struggle if India rack up a big total. If they carry on and get 450 plus, then it's up to England. And we know what scoreboard pressure can do. There's no reason in that pitch where England shouldn't, couldn't go out, make a big total, somebody make runs. But funny things happen when you get scoreboard pressure, don't they? And that's the thing. We're not sure yet that we have a team solid enough, consistent enough to bat well and put big totals on the board. The Tour de France continues today, but without last year's champion Chris Froome, the British rider crashed out yesterday. Team Sky boss Sir Dave Brailsford says the Australian rider Richie Port will now lead their challenge. He's a good rider, you know. That's why we've chosen him to be our backup GC and... Um He's climbing better than he's ever climbed, that's for sure. And uh, I think if we can get to the mountains unscathed, then it's all to play for. And the Women's British Open golf starts today at Royal Birkdale. It's also been announced that the 2016 Championship will be held at Woburn. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. 
call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy show. Busy, busy show. There are strikes happening. Up to a million workers are on strike. Binmen, fire, patrol officers. What do we call them? Refuse collectors. How rude. These people that put out fires and save children, you call them refuse collectors. Oh, you said bin men. I yeah, and then bin. I went on to something else. Because Firefighters. You, thank you, you weren't listening. Uh, teacher, all these people are on strike. Uh, uh, are you affected by... Uh, we, Do I still have to listen or can I stop now? You can stop listening now. Um, most of the phone calls and texts we've had have kind of been in favour of about 60-40. A few of the tweets are a bit anti. Jamie says, I bet the council come on your show today so they can use it to get support for them striking. And Andy says, talking of pond life... Oh, this is harsh. Talking of pond life... Oh, ouch. Matt, is there a pond life update? No, no, no. He's just using it as a, as a clever segue. He's going to... Ah. He's gonna... What are you doing still here, Matt? Just loving your work. <laughs> just hanging out. Talking of pond life, I've just seen the strikers outside Hemel Council. Oh, oh no, don't use, my, don't use my pond or any association with my pond... To have a go at the workers who are striking today, they have Andy, a point. Andy continues, get a life, lads, and a new job if you don't like oh, it. Hashtag no. real world. That's awful. That's mean. It's a little bit cruel. Yeah. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five, on a slightly... Um, by the way, did you notice my pond? BBC well, impartiality at its very best there, Matt. In many ways, it is his pond, because he's paid for it. Uh, In many other ways, it's not his pond, because everyone else paid for it too. Yeah, I, I know exactly where I'd like to shove that pond. <laughs> Sp- uh, Simon Cowell went for a clonic um, recently. It's in the papers. That's what Did I was looking he? at on page three. Yeah, he went for a clonic. He went into the wrong place. He went into a foot spa. He said, is this where I come for the clonic? And they said, no, he's, you, you know, it's a foot spa. He went, oh, sorry. That made it into the papers. Is that true? Is that a joke? No, it's a true story. Did they make any joke about his trousers being a bit lower afterwards? Or Probably not. Why would you? Why would you have a? That's why they put a tube up your anus and pour water through a little um, funnel, and you get a kettle, and you pour water through, and you fill up the kettle again, and you just pour it through. Yeah, I can do that. I know you. It's it's a bit like a sump pump, isn't it? A a, a sump pump. It's uh, uh, some. Do you then have to do like when you know when you're stealing petrol from someone's car? I don't think they start it off. You have to do that to pour it out. I don't know, but maybe someone listening might. Matt, would you have a colonic? No, I don't need a colonic. Well, for the radio, is yeah, is a feature. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. You will never guess it has been done on this radio station. No, no, of course it has. It's, it's, it's no. predictable. Guess but who had it done? Uh, Roberto Peroni. No. Nick Coffer. No. JVS. No. Justin Dealey. No. You? No. No, I never did that. I had it done. Who? Tim. Mm. Oh, dear. Tim's bum. Yeah. Tim's always getting his bits out. Tim, Tim works in the JVS Tim's not show. shy. Tim's, Tim's not, not shy. shy. He has quite a nice body, doesn't he, Tim? <laughs> right, let's go to Steve. Morning, Steve. Hi, Ian. How the are you? Um, ah, you know, Steve, up and down, up and down. What you got for me? Um, I believe there's a query about why ice doesn't stick to livers. Yes, we, we, we just spoke to a physicist. Can you better his point? Oh, gosh, I didn't actually capture oh. uh, that. I was uh, giving someone a lift. I mean, it's really down to the temperature of the ice and the moisture that's on the object that you're touching. How, you, do you know what? You're absolutely... You, you, you tally in. You, you have backed up our physicist. It turns out he was real, not a charlatan. How do you know this, Steve? Um, it's... Well, I mean, kind of do mechanics research. Like I say, I'm head of mechanical engineering for a design consultancy, so you've normally got to know these kind of things. Oh, it's you, Steve! I do apologise. St- okay. Steve the genius! Well, okay. That's very funny to say. No, listen, we, we were... For those who don't know, Steve uh, phoned up yesterday... 
and I think I've got this accurate, you single-handedly invented a machine that's saving lives. That wasn't quite the way I thought. <laughs> I, 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 I was in the room when it was designed, so I'm claiming credit for it. You should but, claim uh, credit. Listen, we, we were genuinely very... We were going, after the show, Steve, this is absolutely true, Cass came in and said, oh, he was dead... We've got dead clever listeners, haven't we? Yeah, it's, it's my influence, I think. And we, Well, no. And uh, we, we were all dancing around that uh, people were listening to this nonsense. OK, Steve, I'm going to put you on the spot. OK? If you think oh, you're so okay. clever... What no. is what is horn? Where does the noise come from? In the car. In the car. Yeah, when you bib the horn. Yes. What is it? Well, it's, you've got a loudspeaker in there. It's probably either piezo electric or it's going to be running from um, electromagnetic source instead, and then it's just uh, amplified through the sh- through the structure of the horn. Right. You change you set the um, speaker so it's the resonant frequency of whatever trumpet structure. The amplification. Are you just saying words to try and confuse me so that I go, oh yeah, nice one, Steve. So it, it's it not. Yeah, well, it's, are you literally just pulling that out of your backside? No, I do actually have to design <laughs> stuff like this, really. <laughs> but so it's not an air pump then that's, that's pumping the horn. It's well, a, no, not, not in most cases. I mean, no. if you've got an air horn on a car, that's, that's a different structure, but most of them are just. Um, they're, they're effectively just one-note loudspeakers. Where is the speaker, then? Because I've never seen this speaker. Um, it's usually just behind the horn. That's kind of the best place for it. But the horn, the, the sort of trumpet structure. Wow. When was the last time you bibbed your horn, Steve? I did it the other day to someone who was having a whittle on the M4. Oh, it was charming. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't remember, really. It's, I normally drive to ra- work in a blind rage anyway, so oh, it's just on most of the time. You sound, very, you sound like a very passive, calm gentleman. Steve, <laughs> I, I'm glad that you've discovered the show, and I'm glad that you're becoming a regular caller. It's always nice to talk to you. Thanks for your time. No problem. Take care, Ian. Thank you very much indeed. I, th- I think I may have scared him off by talking about drivers whittling on the M4. Yeah, he wanted to distance himself from <laughs> your comments. I think the speaker thing is, is uh, rubbish. I, we, we've had a physicist, if it's a we've recording, had an expert, a genius. If it's a recording, how can you vary the loudness and ferocity no, with can't. the pressure? I think it's... You pro- can't. You, you can't. can't. No, you can't. Do you remember those actual horns that you got that were like a, a ball and you'd yeah. squeeze it? And like, yeah, yeah. Isn't it the same as that? No. We've Why? discovered it's not. We've moved on from that. There's no air pressure involved. It's electricity or electromagnets. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. It's a shame it's not a little cassette recording, so you can, sometimes you could hear it as it flips over to the other. It's auto-reverse. If that were so, we could do actual messages. Watch out! But... You plumbed. You should have different... You could record them yourself. Exactly. You should have... In your own voice. Oh, oi, oi. They're off on a tangent now. Dare I say it, not a particularly good tangent. <laughs> they... Oh. Any more... Yeah, loads Get out more. of the way! There's a niche. Right. We should, we should arrange this. Let's take it to the den, the dragons. Duncan Ballantyne's quitting the dragons den. Oh. He was my favourite. Yeah, but you noticed a trend. I noticed the trend that since he his um, rather messy divorce that cost him shed loads of money... Sweet buns! He, um, he's not invested in anything. I didn't watch the last series because the two series before that, he invested in, like, one thing for about ten... ten qu- I'll give you a tenner and I want 95% of what you've got to give me, baby. Can we negotiate on that? No. You can... You, OK, I'll give you a tenner. I want 80%, but I want you to have all the business meetings wearing a short skirt. Can I just go and talk to myself in the corner for a minute? Of course you can, uh, we laddie. Lady, Louis Lassie. 
I'd like to take you up on your offer. Come on, give me a big wet kiss with your face, lassie. Is this meant to be Duncan Bannantyne? Who? Duncan Bannantyne. Who? Duncan Bannantyne. Who? Is it not Duncan Bannantyne? Who? Wait a minute. I'm not playing this game. Is it not Duncan Bannantyne? Who? Oh, for God's Do you want me to translate? Yeah. Is that Duncan Bannatine? Yes. Yes, That's Matt. what I said. What did you, you did. say? Is that not Duncan Bannantine? Who? Who? What? What are you... D- so I'm translate? S- yeah. I don't understand. What? Duncan Bannantine? Who? Who? Ah, yeah, yeah. Who are you saying? I don't know the name of the person you're... I've not heard of the person you're talking about. Don't look at me for clues. You're from Yorkshire. Wrong side. Ask it again. Lines. Ask the question slowly and, and really think about what you're saying. You. I don't know why you're laughing at me. Is the person that you were doing an impression of, is that not Duncan Bannantyne? Who? <laughs> what are you doing? Am I in some, in some parallel universe that I don't know? Is it not Duncan Bannantyne? Who? Ah, forget it. Go to Steve in Luton about the strike. Steve's in Luton. Morning, Steve. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Steve. You all right? I'm all right, thanks. What would you like to say? I'm, I'm getting a bit fed up with these whinging, moaning, no-good teachers who basically can't live in the real world. And I'm also suddenly realised, why on earth do we call firefighters when about... 0.01% of their time they're actually firefighting and the rest of the time they're sitting around doing nothing or going in their own gym or keeping themselves fit. I've got a problem with it. I just think it's very strange and also the fact that they start moaning because they don't live in the real world because most of them started when they're pretty young. They only have to do 22 years in the service before they can retire. Most of that time is spent absolutely nothing and they whinge about it constantly. It's, it's unbelievable. What do you think we should call firefighters, then, if we don't call them firefighters? I don't know. I don't want to call them anything derogatory, because they, when they're needed, they do a great job. Don't they, just? However... They save they, people's lives. I know very, very, very rarely, to be honest. But does that... Does that does, but the, but if, if it's your child or your mum they've saved from a burning building and they don't save anybody else that fortnight does that demean the uh, does it mean demean the saving that they've done no not at all but you, you shouldn't give someone a job title for something they don't they do should you how they many t- how called... many people have you saved i've saved none i saved my mum once when i did the heimlich maneuver on her that's it i don't really want to go into it but potentially i, I have saved people well when um <laughs> I really didn't want to go into it. I used to be in the army, but so, but okay, okay. Well, why should were you called a soldier? I was, yeah. How much fighting did you do, Steve? Uh, I wasn't called a fighter. I was called a soldier. I did lots of soldiering. Okay, so but you didn't sit around playing Xbox. You didn't sit around, you know, keep it. You you were soldiering all the time, were you? Whilst I was being paid, yeah, during my normal working hours, I didn't sit around doing nothing. Okay. Very, very rarely. Okay. But whereas, they're, they're whereas firefighters do sit around 80% of the time. Yeah, because they're waiting for fires. I know, well, but we, why don't we call them waiters? 
or something. Do you know what I mean? I'm not trying to get derogatory, as I say, but the fact is they don't do firefighting, but they will, the minute anyone moans about firemen, they go, oh, yeah, they save lives, they put what about fires, but they don't do that much of the time. Which is, which is great. Are you saying, are you saying you want more fires? No, of course I'm not. I'm saying they should have a proper title that, that adequately describes what they do. And more to the point, teachers, though, teachers really, really annoy me. You, you look at what teachers do. They go to school as children. Yeah. They go to college, university, and go back in the school yeah. what as they, teachers. What they, they do... They have never, ever, ever, ever... Yeah understood the real world. They what, think it starts what, at nine, it finishes at three, they get an hour break at lunch, they get got, breaks you got in, kids, the morning, in the afternoon. Have you got kids, Sorry? Have you got kids? I have, yep. So I'm assuming you don't send them to school then? They've they passed school. They, yes, they did do school. Okay, so you, you, were quite, you were quite happy for, what, about 13 years to entrust the education, the future, the shaping of your children's lives with these slackers who've got no idea what it's like to be in the real world. That's a, that seems a little bit strange. Uh, yeah, the government said they had to be educated. No, not a school. Um, not a school. There are other ways around it. No, I could, there is. I, I'm technically not capable of teaching them, I don't think. Ah, I would make a good teacher. Ah, so they, See, so no, they, have, no, got, they have got a skill uh, uh, that yes, you haven't got. They've got, got. whinging about it. They've got to stop whinging. Most of, to be honest with you, I think that the, the schooling in our country, if it, unless you go private, is very poor. I do believe that. Steve, it's listen, really- I could talk to you all morning, but I've, I've got to go to the travel. I'm a bit late. Thank you. What do we call firefighters? And if teachers are such slackers with no concept of the real world, then why do we all pretty much entrust our children with these slackers who don't understand the real world? Would you really hand over responsibility of your children for, what, five, six, seven hours a day to people who haven't got a clue? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M heading southbound, very heavy moving at the moment, between Junction 8 for Stevenage North and Junction 7 at Stevenage South. The M1 spur heading northbound, rather slow moving between Junction 10 at Luton Airport and Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabouts. Queuing at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just at Junction 21A for the M25. The M25 itself is queuing, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16, the M40. And on the trains, delays of up to 20 minutes on First Capital connect between Luton and St Pancras that's due to some electrical supply problems Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Nicola It's 8.48, around a million public sector workers are expected to strike today over pay, pensions and working conditions. Teachers, firefighters and civil servants will be joined by local government workers for the walkout and here's a story not supposed to comment on the news, but this has kind of just been snuck in a little bit. When this is this is huge, isn't it? Emergency legislation will be introduced in the House of Commons next week, which forces phone and internet companies to keep records of their customers' calls, texts, and emails. That's huge, isn't it? And that's kind of just been snucker. Emergency legislation will force phone and internet companies to keep records of their customers' calls, texts and emails. I find that a little bit puzzling and a little bit concerning. Aren't you? Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Yeah, weather's both puzzling and concerning today because it's all coming from the east, which is unusual in the first instance. And uh, we don't really know exactly what it's going to do. We've basically got a warm front and it has, at the moment, clouded over some parts of Hertfordshire, some parts of Bedfordshire. Um, But as you go further west, actually, there's still some sunshine to be had out of the morning. But it's all slowly drifting this way, westwards. It's also coming with some outbreaks of quite heavy-looking rain on the radar picture. It may be that we see that throughout this afternoon. It's not moving very fast or very far. Um, and that is why the Met Office has a warning out for some of that heavy rain to cause some localised flooding, a yellow weather warning, because uh, it might park itself in one or two places for a long time and we'll end up with some high rainfall totals. So that's the situation at the moment. I've been tweeting the picture so that you can sort of visualise what I'm talking about. Under the cloudy but drier skies today, we should get to about 18 degrees. And then through the evening, it looks like this rain band will be reinvigorated if it's sort of worn itself out through the afternoon so they will be at risk of further heavy downpours up until about midnight I think and after that it tends to ease back a little bit. Temperatures overnight will be 14 degrees and that's a little uncomfortable for sleeping and then through the day tomorrow eventually the rain will fizzle out altogether but we will be left with a lot of cloud. It'll be a claggy old day with temperatures in a spot like High Wycombe up to 20 degrees. Warmer than that though for the weekend because the sun's going to come back out but because it's so humid and because it's so unsettled we are likely to be chasing around after some quite heavy thundery downpours as well that's how it's looking for now Nick Coffer across beds, hearts and bucks. I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very, very important special occasion. For me, being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds, hearts and bucks. If you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind you, you really should because it's like a whole new world. Nick Coffer. I think for my listeners, they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited. In fact, they may never have heard of. And also, they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life. That is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio. So much to talk about, we've only got ten minutes. So, what is a horn, how does it work, um, and when was the last time you bibbed your horn? Strikes, what do you think about them? Uh, we just had a caller there, Steve, who thinks that firefighters are lazy and shouldn't be called firefighters. Um, what else have we got? Oh, yeah, emergency legislation is coming in next week. That means internet companies and phone companies are going to keep records of all of our texts and uh, well, hang on, texts, calls and emails. Where did that come from? Does that not shock you? Catherine, what I was just talking about, does that, tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah. Very shocked. Hi, Tony. And... Hello, I'm going to put you through to you now. Really? Why, is it, why does it appall you so much? I don't know. Maybe I'm an innocent soul, but I thought better of it than that. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? No, I'm clear. Emergency legislation will be introduced in the House of Commons next week, which forces phone and internet companies to keep records of their customers' calls, texts and emails. No, that's, uh, well, Alan Border. Sorry? Alan, out of order. How is it? How has this just been snuck in? I read this earlier and it didn't really register with me. I'm not accusing Simon of sneaking this in. I'm accusing the government of sneaking this in, unless Oxley is uh, an agent of the government, which I am suspicious of. Mm, he looks be. the type. Yeah. Um, I, Matt, you must be. You're still loitering. This might as well get some money's worth out of you. What are your thoughts on no, this? No, I was story? going to say what Catherine said, not because I'm just repeating what she said, but I, I, I think this is shocking and appalling. And what is the purpose of them keeping our calls? What are they going to do with it? Security. And they're not going to be reading yours. 
They're not going to be reading mine. They might read some of mine. They're definitely going to be interested in dealies. <laughs> mostly it's about terrorism, surely. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah. And no. protecting people from... Um, Phone bullies, like children from I phone bullies. I thought there was like a discussion about this was going to take place, but they're emergency legislation next week. Some of our listeners need to worry as well, the things we get sent. Yeah, tell me about it. I'll wait, 459 555 and the uh, strikes. Right, I've got lots of calls to get through. Let's get through as many as we can. Bob's in Bletchley. Morning, Bob. Morning, Nick. Sorry? Morning, Nick. Nick who? Are you Nick or who are you? I'm, hello, Bob, I'm Ian. You're Ian? Oh, sorry, Ian. That's all right, Tony. But I had to ring up. Yes. To have a go at that guy who's who's uh, complaining about the fire brigade. That was Steve who said firefighters shouldn't be called firefighters because really they only do it 0.0.1 percent of the time. Excuse me, uh, I am retired from the firefighters at the moment. I have my pension, which is very nice. But I had to go on a red alert in Stevenage to uh, a block of flats. I lost two of my firefighters. Now get the guy back and, and say that. Well, I I'm... lost two of my firefighters. And that must have been very traumatic for you, Bob. To this day, I can still remember it. How does that affect a team when something as horrific as that happens? Well, what do you think? What do you think? I don't know. I've never been in that situation, thank when, God. When you lose two of your your team in a firefight it's traumatic so when you hear people like steve saying that firefighters really they should be called waiterers well, because I, I can't put words together what i would like to call him bob i appreciate you sharing your story with me this morning thank you okay thank you very much Tony's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Tony. Morning, Ian. Tony, what would you like to say? If it's okay for the government to fine parents or even put them in prison if they fail to notify or get permission to take their children away on holiday outside of the school term, how come the teachers striking aren't going to be facing the same punishment? Well, they won't be being paid, will they? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They should still be fine for non-authorisation. So, t- Tony, can I assume that you are against the strike? Absolutely. Stay there, because Pat's in Houghton Regis. Pat, you're for the strikes. Is that right? Yeah. Message for Steve. When you listen to Bob, that's the real world. And I hope he listened to uh, Bob as well. I, I hope he listens uh, as well. It was a very powerful and, call. And when when people go on strike, they go on strike because they're having their pay eroded or their pensions eroded. And they have every right in this democratic society to exercise that right. And if more people did that, then they wouldn't be whinging about how their pay's gone down 30%. Or they can get a job somewhere else. That's all you get whinges against a strike. Oh, well, I've got a job. They should be pleased they've got a job. No. Pat, in, the, in, in the 70s and in the 80s, with wages, people fought for them in the unions, and now all that we fought for in the 70s and the 80s has been eroded. Pat, let Tony come back. Tony, what's, what's your reaction to what Pat's saying? Quite often the reason why their parents take their kids on holiday outside of school time is because they can't afford to pay the prices for school holiday time. But is your, Tony, is your only objection to the strikes the fact that um, parents are fined because if they take their kids out of school? 
No, I just think it's, it's unequal, uh, equivalent justice, if you like. They can just do it on a whim, do it on their own thing. When poor parents out there take their kids away just to try and save a bob or two because they can't afford it, and yet these people are getting a damn sight more money than most of them are. Pat, it's unfair, and they're doing it on a whim. Well, why don't mothers stand up to it and parents stand up to the government then? It's the government who caused that problem. So why aren't they sort of saying, well, we're going on holiday whether you like it or not, en masse? I mean, yeah, it's the only yeah. way you can serve it to Pri- them. Yeah, prisons would be full up then, wouldn't they? And everybody would be being fined. They won't be f- the real world. They, they won't be full up at all, because they won't be putting parents in prison at all. It yeah, won't happen. Yeah, you're another socialist with a blinded mind, aren't you, like everybody else is? Um, no, actually, I'm a realist. Yeah, but you can still be a socialist. You're living in a different world to me. You're probably just dreaming about things. But in a real society, you have to fight for what you want in life. If you don't fight for it, there's people in the government that are laughing at people like you not fighting for it. Well, are you fighting for the parents? Richer. Are you fighting for the parents then not to be fined? I would do, yeah. Well, I've been a fighter all my life. Yeah, well, we'll why... do it now then. You, you're saying so big about fighting for it. You stand up for them. Go on. So where are the parents then? Are they standing up? No, you fight for them. No, hang on. Are you standing up for these people? Are you going to fight alongside me then? Yeah, of course I have. I'm talking about it now. Pat, Tony, there's, there's, there's a natural break there, which is great because we're running out of time. I appreciate But why didn't you call an hour and a half ago, you two gentlemen, for goodness sakes? We could have had so much more time with that. Tony Milton Keynes, Pat and Houghton Regis, thank you very much indeed. It's, it's a nice little tip. If you want to come on the show and you've got a point that you think might be slightly inflammatory or or you, you just phone up earlier. We could, we could have got an hour and a half out of that. By the way, John, thank you. John has sent me a picture of a car horn. It has got like a little kind of, you know, speaker shape at the end of it. And a battery. A battery. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Taking a look in Roxland's queuing at the moment on the Great North Road, heading southbound, approaching the Black Cat roundabouts where those roadworks are taking place. Rather slow moving on the North Orbital Road at the moment, and taking a look in Bricketwood, looking slow at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just at junction 21A at the M25. Queuing on the M25 anti clockwise at the moment between junction 19 at Watford and 16, the M40, and delays on First Capital Connect between Luton and St Pancras. Nicola Richards, BBC Three County. Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. Hey, some cracking calls this morning. Thank you very much. Makes my job easier and more interesting. We're about to record the podcast links for tomorrow's podcast. No doubt it'll mainly feature us bullying Matt Lockwood. David's up next. We're back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian Lee. Back tomorrow morning, as he said. Good morning, it's the JVS Show. I'm David Prebrim for Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Coming up, as Ian's been discussing all morning, strikes are taking place, strike action across the 